The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. What about this rumor that you are moving higher than Mr. Stark? Boy, do I really need some new headphones. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter, and you can also find me at Newsers Need on Twitter and the CB Caps on Instagram. I was wondering why that's why. Um, and that smiling face, if you're watching the video, that is, uh, that you see holding the hammer with the shades representing Brooklyn all day, all day, <laughs> is one agent underscore is one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! <laughs> I probably need to just get a, a lightning sound effect just gonna accent it but yeah seriously yeah all right off then, you go then it'd be like uh like the the nines x-men and thor thor is summoning her powers <laughs> but anyway um not with us tonight one pc and underscore dirt on twitter um pop culture net on twitter on Yes, on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all the umbrella sites they're in. And the Osiris of this ish, Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter. That is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, account, by the way. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, also theclicknation.com. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N, in case you were wondering about the spelling. And of course, Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. And you can find this here program on the Cold Slither Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Do it today. Indeed, you can also find this here pro, uh, podcast on uh, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and the Cold Slither Podcast Network SoundCloud page. But the one thing I also uh, very much always neglect to say is that we record with the exception of tonight uh every thursday night 9 30 ish p.m on the click nation's uh youtube channel so if you're around it around that time hey come check us out and with that we will get into this week's books of the weekend there are a lot for you know uh mid-december <laughs> the week before christmas Right, that's what makes you remember. All of a sudden, it's really not a lot because they're probably jamming a good week and a half's worth of books into this week. Yeah, but rest assured, there will probably be some next next week, whether we record or not. So we'll sure. again, we'll we'll stay tuned for that. Um, you know, to our social media channels. But again, the first book we're going to get to tonight is Annihilation Scourge Omega Number One. So. Um, so this is the end of that whole Annihilation Part 2 saga, I guess. 
Right. It's a mini. Yeah. It's it's a uh, a new mini event in the tradition of uh, the annihilation events involving uh, several cosmic characters plus uh, characters who find themselves living in the negative zone, namely Annihilus and Blastar. And in this case, just as a quick recap. A new threat has emerged, that being the Cancerverse. So in this issue, we find we have um, the heroes coming together to uh, face the threat of the Cancerverse and uh, maybe not the leader because that was sort of cleared up in this issue uh, where the Sentry wasn't necessarily the leader of the Cancerverse uh, invasion of the, the negative zone. Right. But at the end of the day, it was still the big, you know, uh, uh, slobber knocker to quote good old JR. Um, there's a big, sl- yeah, always with the wrestling references, right, ladies and gentlemen? So it was the big slobber knocker uh, to finish up this event. And uh, things did not go very well for some of our heroes. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it, and kind of worked out at the end with, with at least one or a, right. with a couple, which also still begs a couple of questions uh, on in that because we saw, just to go ahead and get the spoiler out of the way, so you might as well go ahead and read, ring the bell. Ring in the bell for spoilers. So things weren't going good for the people that were already in the negative first, and then we come to find out, which surprise, surprise, Nova comes back with a whole squad of, uh, of folks, uh, including a bunch of new uh, new warriors. Uh, I find that particularly interesting. Um, you know, Star Fire, Firestar was in there too, huh? Firestar was in there too. Yeah, Firestar was in there. I was like, huh? Well, yeah, because she was a new warrior. But um, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, those folks, and you know the. A lot of the spacefaring people that you would expect to see in a situation like this, with the exception of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know that's neither here nor there. And as um, as Agent Seventy said, it was a big knockout, drag down fight, which didn't quite go a good way for some folks, a couple of folks, uh, one being Nova, but that seemed to be cleaned up and addressed at the end. Right. And seemingly, it still bring, brings up, or and I guess the Sentry in 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 a certain case because he's kind of back to where he was, sorta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess differently. But it also bears a question because so he, if you weren't keeping up with this, he was weirdly joined with Silver Surfer, who is not necessarily silver anymore, but that's neither here nor there, and is in intangible now, apparently. Right. That's what I was yeah, exactly what I was gonna say is um the surfer's current status uh of uh, status quo post Silver Surfer Black has been explored a little bit in this miniseries. Right. You know, I, I remember mentioning this um in the Silver Surfer issue of this miniseries uh, of the uh, crossover last week, I believe. Right. So it's become more and more apparent that the Surfer has some really and we'll see it again in uh the Avengers issue this week where he appears. Right. Uh, we see more of the surf the surfers uh current status. So uh, we will see how long this lasts. But um, getting back to what you were saying. So, yeah. So I say I'll have to say this. So the, the question I had about that. So he and Bob Bob Reynolds, the century, the human part of the century, I guess you could say, um, uh, were joined together. And they've been on this ride this whole, well, since that happened, which 
ended up with the century somehow. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense given the, the way their merger, I guess, in the comics, whatever. Century ends up getting merged again, but it still kind of looks like Tavor, but they are sharing the brain now. It's almost like the symbiote, which that which brings me to the question of so, uh, Silver Surfer Black, part of the symbiote or the symbiote matter seems to be joined with the Silver Surfer, if I read that correct. So did some of that go into the century to cause this joining? I mean, I know it is not exactly that cut and dry, but you know, like that, that, that was the only, that was the question I had about that. I was like, what, like what outside of just comics and the, the, the joining, whatever, pulling themselves together, something else was there. And does that change Silver Surfer uh, status in the least a little bit? Because clearly he was still, you know, blackish version of himself. Right. My understanding, though, was that the the the, the reason why he went from silver to black is because he had to expend um, the majority of his cosmic energies um, at the end of that Silver Surfer Black limited series. Well, there was that. But also remember, because Noah was kind of he had gotten kind of, I guess, some symbiote matter or whatever. In, in relation to that or something happened to where he that was also helping him that was also causing him to expend his energy trying to keep um trying to keep the from being taken over or eaten up i don't know whatever i gotta look, I was, I I gotta look that up again i've got to take a look at those issues again i might that be means- i might be kind of misremembering something but it felt like there was something else that, uh, that was that was right, obviously the story had to do with null right yes. you know going back in time that part you know but i don't remember the whole i don't exactly recall whether or not there was any symbiote action you know with regards to the surfer you know any any sort of um uh because i i I distinctly remember him burning himself out that was the symbol the symbolism i got and that's how that's how he got to the state that he's in now so he was burning himself out to keep some something i guess the symbiote matter or something else at bay or whatever the case may be i don't know right. regardless like said, right. we both exactly. have, to, we'll have to look it up exactly yeah, we, we both have to look it up more we, exactly we read so much ladies and gentlemen we forget a lot of what we've read and and my question may be just a, a null issue <laughs> null issue um regardless of this because like i said the the main thing that was pretty much brought up into this was like hey the, the century got re-emerged um silver surfer well, they said the Civil Service disappeared, but he obviously he he didn't necessarily he just left. Exactly. Um, and Nova was supposed to die, but he didn't because he got res- resurrected uh, free of the what ended up happening to him during the course of the story, which we won't give away. But exactly. Uh, I mean, listen, just the notes that I typed, and and you could. I don't know if you read my notes very quickly, but I was this close to writing an angry tweet or email about Matthew Rosenberg killing characters left and right. <laughs> I, you know what? I kind of thought about that, but I was like, "Wow, he just came back. You just kill him again." Um, and and right. where is that? But um, yeah, I'm like, and Lockjaw. What, what do y'all? What almost happened to Lockjaw? I'm like, really, Rosenberg? Yeah, you, well, actually, that wasn't Rosenberg, but um, regardless, right. But uh, what's called? But the the epilogue to the story kind of saved him from that, right? Uh, I, I, you know, all in all, a pretty exciting story for me. Um, and it's kind of a reset for the negative zone, you know, kind of setting a new status quo for them, right? Um, as for the Cancerverse, no idea ever goes away forever. Yeah. Um, I know you had a question about this book. Well, I had a question about a little, well, something else about something that happened. Book, in the book, yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, outside of that, there was something about us about the end. That was a, it was a clean end. He basically was just like, well, clean it up. Everything is kind of back to where it was. Everybody go home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the question I had was in the the Beta Ray Build uh, Annihilation book, he kind of solved the problem by uh, throwing his hammer at the Sentry, aka Void, whatever the case may be, to push him back because the Sentry Void was trying to invade the positive burst. So, you know, being that he's the Thor, he, his enchantments are the Thor of old, he reverted back to his old self, and then he and Lockjaw had to go to the to the negative zone to retrieve his hammer, which he did in this issue. But I'm sitting here like, well, as soon as he stepped into the negative verse, could he not have just caught his hammer like Thor normally does? And I'm fairly sure I felt like he did that in that Beta Ray Bill issue. So why couldn't he do that when? What's when weird was... is what's weird is, and, and I and I and I definitely follow. Uh, you're thinking on this. What's weird is generally if, you know, under the old enchantment, if Mjolnir and in this case Stormbreaker was away or out of um, uh, Thor, Beta Ray Bill's hands for too long, it reverted to a walking stick. Right. And the fact that it didn't revert to a walking stick is, I think, what threw you off because then you'd think he would be able to summon it to him in hammer form. Right. But that that's my guess, but I'm I'm less inclined to give Rosenberg the 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 benefit of the doubt. Is that um, I think it was just a gaff, um, you know, because I think the principle is still sound that um, that Bill in his alien form, in his uh, humanoid alien form, isn't able to call me, uh, Stormbreaker to him like that if he's been reverted from uh, Beta Ray Bill form, which seems kind of like an oversight, but. I get it, you know. Well, my point is, if that had been drawn as a walking stick, you would have been like, oh, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with your neck. Because like, like, yeah, it's, and I don't even know if that part was still, is that part is still, because I mean, obviously we don't see him walking around in his humanoid form that often. So. It's been a while since, exactly, it's been a while since I've seen him in uh, in, in humanoid form. So. so I don't even know if that's how, uh, assuming that's, I, I assume that is what actually happens, but, you know, but anyway, so. He's, right, he's, it's, a, it's a little thing that I noticed, I, I kind of banged on, you know, I, I kind of uh, knocked up against as well, so. Right. So, but otherwise that, it, it, it's, it was a pretty, it, it was a pretty decent um, issue going into it, like I said, the little nitpickings here and there about it, and you know, the big fight was what it was, but it just felt like it was like, well, this is just nice little, let's just go ahead and nice and neatly clean all of this back up again, and didn't really have a there was there wasn't anything that, about this that's going to reverberate any further, and not necessarily saying that it should, but but it definitely got everyone interacting with the surfer. It definitely got everyone kind of at least in cosmic sense, yes. Say again? At least of the cosmic folks, anyway. Right. Uh, or, Aaliyah, I mean, when I say everyone, I think of the people that he would normally run across um, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, what I was going to just say is that it, it put the FF back into this world as well. Mm. Um, it put uh, the new warriors, a li- you know, sort of back on the map. They just showed up. They didn't even give them any, like, they didn't never give them any quote-unquote time. They just, like, showed up and you notice them and you see them there, but they didn't, like, hey, here's a, we're a team again and here we go. Not saying that that should be the case, but you know, right. they just were there, which I thought was kind of out of place. Not necessarily, well, because I get it because Nova was involved and it's like, hey, if he was going to call anybody, he's going to call his old, all the old people. So that, was, that wasn't even a problem. It was just like, huh, that's just fun to see them amongst these cosmic folks. Sure. You know, Although just, it's just funny, there. 
I was about to say it's funny that you see uh, Rage of all people I think is in there, right? Um, but you don't see, and you see Cosmo, but mm-hmm. you don't see, and the star. It looks like the Star Jammers, the star the Jammers are there, yeah. But you don't see, uh, you know, you see a little bit of the uh, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, but no, you see Smasher, but not Cannonball. It's like, hey, doesn't Cannonball like come? I guess he's babysitting. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, see, that's what I thought about the Star Jammers. It was like, wait, wait, clear, well, clearly, because we know we they left them, which I didn't get the chance to read uh, New Mutants, but I think that's not even it's not even on them on this in, in this uh, this week's issue anyway. But, yeah, I was about to say last week. Oh, is it this week's issue of New Mutants? Yeah. Dang, I missed that. I too. know there was there was so much like it like there's like four or five books that came well excuse me like two or three books that came out last week on the mutant front that came out last week, oh that came out again this week. Oh so, yeah, which we talked about that at the end of the show last week um, off camera. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's it, this is a week, y'all. This is a real. Oh yeah, week. it's the it's the it's the Christmas week. That's the yeah. thing because next week they're they are shipping, but it's only like eight or nine books. So right, and I and we talked about it. I, I we get it. Like sure, they didn't want to because normally these books would have been like shipped double double uh, biweekly, and right. being that next week is what it is, they didn't want to put those books out next week. I kind of get that, I guess. But but it's a bit of a heavy it's a it's a bit of a uh, a load to uh, to bear for us in terms of reading what we need to read and staying up on a certain storyline. So I guess we'll have a little bit of time to catch up. Mm-hmm. Which we and, now and, and, yeah. And the other part of that is like, well, knowing that we're going to have some um, Xbox kind of um, um, having some not necessarily stoppages, but, you know, having some uh, delays. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, it was like they could have just held off. <laughs> they could have just held off the uh, the first week. Out, that. Yeah. yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, Annihilation scored Omega number one. I think we were pretty much yes. That's, that's, that that's enough of that. Um, so next it, was, it was a fun little it was a fun little event crossover. Nothing the universe changing really. Which actually brings me to something I was going to say before we started uh, talking about this. So um, these little events kind of call back to older events. Um, some seeming to be, you may or may not agree with me, in more name of the event than actual purpose. Or, you know, like this one, obviously, there's more. there was, there was more surrounding annihilation because of who was involved. Always more closely related, exactly. To the, as opposed to some of the, yeah, as it. opposed to some of the other events that's been that they've been bringing back up, and you know that's kind of just tangentially uh, uh, revolving around the sure. event. Such sure. one such event, uh, we can argue, is uh, twenty ninety nine. But before we oh, actually, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna refer to uh, Atlantis attacks because that's we're, also we're, oh we're gonna get to that we're gonna also get to that. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, after this, because first of all, let's go to Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-eight. Sure. Um, or is it thirty-six? Thirty. Wait, is it thirty-six? Oh, I might have wrote that down wrong. You might be right. It might be thirty-six actually. Okay. So yeah, it's thirty-six. Okay. Yeah, I wrote down thirty-eight. That was my fault. Um. But yeah, I'm trying to skip ahead. You read. You read the twenty ninety-nine uh, Omega issue, right? The finale. I did. And so we will get to that in a second. All right, so that which comes first in time because I did not read that. Uh, amazing, that, that which is why I brought up amazing because I think okay. that comes up first and then um, twenty nine amazing comes up. But it doesn't matter because neither okay. one, neither one really um, has much to do with the other. Okay. So with with the stuff that's going on with um, amazing, well, mostly I should say not doesn't come. So okay, 
So there was the whole Doom thing. Doom kind of, you know, had New York, whatever. Um, but after his, you know, um, the attempted assassination, assassination of Dr. Doom. Right. And a lot of that gets, gets like, the, a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of uh, monologuing behind that get born out here. Or get like we see what the what the real, um, what the what the the real deal behind that is. What they hope the game behind that, that that comes out here great, um, but that has nothing to do with the other twenty nine nine books that much. Like the only other thing we see is okay, uh, Peter's uh, interacting with Leela, who is the the AI for Miguel O'Hara. Uh, and this other thing that his um, his classmate do, and that's like you know, that's he basically, is, as I might note say, is doing a Doctor Strange of the MCU. So he's r- running through all the timelines, seeing where he could you know win against Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom took over the city. Um, and he finally found the one that actually works that they went into. Uh, but again, some of the other stuff that's behind the scenes that was happening, and and of course, Doom just kind of stormed off because he, and you know, because of what had happened, which was outside, which out, which was outside of his control, uh, that he didn't want to admit to that Spidey did know nothing about, you know, um, and the behind the scenes machinations behind all of that. That's what it is. Spidey's going his own way. We see a part with Miguel O'Hara, um, that. If you've read the uh, Spider-Man 2099 book from last week, there's a part of that that connects to this. Outside of that, none of us connect, really connects with much else going on. With the exception of the next book we'll get to, but even then, like that whole, those all these one shots really had no bearing off of each other, including the main book that started, which was uh, Amazing Spider-Man, the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Interesting. Which is why I said some of these events are more tangentially, you know, related to the event than what else. Now, granted, there is a little bit more in the Omega issue to to parse out than this issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. But even then, it's like, well, okay, what what does the stuff Amazing have to do with the stuff that was going on in 2099 still? Because Amazing was was the catalyst for all this. And sure, you could see the catalyst, but you thought there would be a little bit more closer tie than what was actually going on. Maybe even more, a little bit more uh, Spider-Man involvement of either one. Because now that I think about it, there has no been there's no sp- uh, Spider-Man twenty nine nine that shows up ever realistically. You know, so it's weird. Um, wait, you, so you didn't you didn't read Amazing, right? So I read uh, Amazing, but I did not read the twenty ninety nine Omega issue. Gotcha. So, so it, I can actually I can attest to the fact that it was a very disjointed read if all you read were the amazing issues. So I'm going to have to track back and uh, read the 2099 crossover, at least the event issues, maybe not the one shots, uh, to see what exactly happened in this event. Because it sounds to me that, as you mentioned, none of those one shots really had much to do. Uh, well, I was about to say, the one shot yeah, are pretty yeah. much the event books, though. Like, no, that I understand, but you're telling me that none of them have any bearing on each other, basically, right? Like, so, so, I mean, sometimes you can get away with reading uh, uh, the 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 the, uh, the main event books, but it seems like the event here, much like 
the event in um, Annihilation uh, left those one shots as somewhat required reading because, like you said, those are the event titles. Mm. So, 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 so we can transition from that to go into twenty ninety nine Omega Number One. And right. I want you to just tell me about it and let me know what exactly this is. What exactly happened? Because, as I said, having only read the amazing. Uh, Spidey issues. It was just super disjointed, and I didn't understand. I understood what uh, what Spidey was trying to do, but otherwise, yeah. see everything that Spidey had to do had nothing to do with this other stuff. Right, nothing. Um, so basically, what happened? Um, so it is in twenty ninety nine. You meet what we see to be or uh, Miguel O'Hara. Um. The version we would know that's in 2099 and you know he's going through well if you first off you would need to read the the, the spider-man 2099 uh one shot and that kind of fills into what's what goes into some of this because basically what ends up happening is he meets himself in the future and by that so in, I want to say it was Spider-Man. It was either one of the, I can't remember what book it was. It might've been in actually Amazing, uh, Amazing Spider-Man this week. We see in, um, uh, at the end of it. Yeah, Meg, uh, we see Miguel at the end of it. Remember? We see Miguel at the end of it. And he's like on a beach or whatever the case may be and see right. somebody that looks like Leela. So apparently right. that is him. In Omega, it is still him aged up. So basically oh, it's like old Cap coming back at the end of um, um, Endgame. In game, so that Mel Omega Hero shows up in in on Omega, and I guess that's the one true one. But this new one is kind of an offshoot one, some kind of way. It's weird. So basically, there's talk of whether twenty ninety nine, the old series, actually happened, but it kind of did and kind of didn't because Omega says is basically saying that okay, yeah, that kind of happened, but then something happened along the way that kind of maybe made it not happen thanks to doom or whatever the case may be. So the catalyst from that is like the old, old Miguel is basically telling the new Miguel, well, you have to be the Spider-Man now. So basically it's like, it's almost like it's a mix of end game and also a mix of like, say, um, Batman beyond where, where follow me on this. Bruce, old Bruce Wayne is kind of was doing the thing, except for, you know, was was doing this thing. And then Terry McGinnis comes along, except for in this case, it's just the same person, just two different uh, ages, age versions of them, weirdly enough. And the older version says, you have to become Spider-Man because this world needs it because, you know, to, you basically need to usher in a new uh, age of heroes like the old the 2099 did. It's, it might sound a little bit confusing, but, I understand. but at the same time, it's like, okay, that's all that is all said and done. And so, and we still don't see him in the costume and if still don't see a young Miguel kind of doing it, but we see him kind of getting to that point. Like it's probably if they're going to wait, is there going to be a 29 book coming? Right. I can't remember. I thought there was. Oh, I have to look at the solicitations again. Yeah, I can't remember. So if there was coming, then this guy, this might actually lead into that. But regardless, this this was pretty much the lead up into going to that, even though I don't remember them even saying at the end of the book. Gotcha. Um, but if all of that was to lead into that, they did a very poor job because one, like I said, the amazing stuff has nothing to do with these one shots. Now, yes, all of those they do they did have panels alluding to you know that showed. Um, 
you know, that showed stuff that happens in the, or at least showed panels of the other people in the other books. And the main plot was basically, hey, Dr. Doom's got Uatu hold up and wants him to see the future for him or see, you know, basically do watcher stuff for him, but he's got him held up. And that part right there was like, okay, that was a thing, but if why wasn't that a thing throughout the whole thing and not just the one or two books? There's the the, the um the alpha book and the omega book. That stuff kind of came into into play, um, but it was used nowhere else. Not even in the one shots. Not even amazing. And that's why I said this is disjointed because like all, if you're gonna do an event like that, shouldn't all of that stuff kind of bear on each other? It didn't. Hmm. So the Doctor Doom stuff was what it was. The 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 uh, the, the uh, Watsu who why is he even there? Because he's dead. <laughs> well, he's doubly dead now. Spoiler, but you know, right. um, but that whole stuff was like okay, that's one thing. And then you had to think with Miguel going back in time in the first place, and then the splitting of time, however, to where there's two Miguels now, uh, in game style, and the one shots being whatever they were, which again they do kind of allude to some stuff that's in the, the one shots but right. none of them have any bearing on anything else so I say all that to say this is that 299 was very much a I don't I don't it, if you're just into that and you you want to hey if you're a fan of 299 and you want to check those out of the old 299 you want to check those out good but they don't have there's no connective tissue to it to that and amazing Gotcha. Enough to enough to even say, hey, this is, was worth reading all of them. Right. You you basically saying that you don't necessarily have to track everything down. It's not worth it. Doesn't seem like it. Like I said, unless you're a fan of the twenty nine in the first place, and even then, like there are, there's definitely shades of old, you know, of the stuff from the past there, but only shades. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. it's enough to say it, it is. It's enough in those one shots to say, hey, this is this is this is twenty nine and nine related. Which is all fair, but the overall uh, event—it's not worth it. Gotcha. It's, it, and it's kind of sad, but at the same time, like I don't even know what they were even thinking. So, but yeah, for 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 scientific purposes, you sir may want to check out some of the, some other stuff. But at the same time, I don't know if you really do. Sure. Okay. <laughs> all righty. Next up. Yeah. So uh, next up, want to just uh, transition to Agents of Atlas number five? Yes, indeed. Speaking of uh, event books. Right, we were talking about events, uh, older events that are being resurrected in a sense and uh, being given new life uh, with uh, new versions of these tie-ins, new versions of these crossovers with the same name. Uh, Atlantis Attacks is one of them, and we see and we we had noticed that the events of this Agents of Atlas book from the very beginning seem to be uh, leading towards some interaction that we find in this issue was going to happen anyway, right? And that is some interaction with Atlantis. And a lot of that had to do with um, some of the uh, backup issue, uh, backup stories uh, in um, Arrow, which deal with uh, both Arrow and Wave. Mm-hmm. And uh, that all sort of came to a head here in the Agents of Atlas book where um, – the city, the, the Pan-Asian city of Pan is at the center of uh, an investigation by the agents of Atlas and lots of secrets 
long held have uh, been revealed in this issue. Uh, you know, secrets held both by um, Mike New Michael Michael. I don't want to say I don't want to call him Mike Gwynn, Mike Nguyen because uh, that's actually the name of a of a comedian uh, based here in New York right now. Hey, that's his name. Maybe that's where they got it from. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the, um, the 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 villainous corporate head. One villainous corporate head is uh, Michael Nguyen, and uh, the other one is um, Jimmy Wu. Jimmy Wu, the head of Atlas. Right. So yeah, all that like you just said, all that kind of comes together because we find out the connection between that. Well, we found out there is a connection between uh, apparently Jimmy Woo and Mike Gwynn, uh, and and the connection to all the dragons that are showing up. Which I guess, if you thought about it, when we saw the dragon that was with Jimmy, probably could have put two and two together, but you know we didn't necessarily know in what way, right? Until this until this issue. And what was funny about this issue is that all of the little things that maybe didn't make a lot of sense were tied together in one neat bow. Mm -hmm. There really were a lot of little connections based on, uh, and minor spoilers here, there is um, uh, a dragon, Supernatural, uh, that is being held by, um, what is their company called? But the people behind... Um, uh, Pan and 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 the 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 organization run by Michael Nguyen, and um, you know this dragon's uh, magical properties is what basically helps them uh, create this Pan. Uh, you know the 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 place called Pan and this you know connection between all of the uh, the Pan Asian countries. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an effort to try to shut it down and what you know Amadeus and the other agents of Atlas want to do is basically stop all this from uh, from from happening and, and to tr- and to free this uh, this the, the special dragon mm-hmm. um, and Mike Mike Nguyen is basically uh, using at the end of the day using Leverage what's already been yeah exactly what what has already been established as the benefits of Pan to try to uh, well I guess I guess it is the the best form of leverage to to, to try to justify its existence that's what I was getting at right as opposed to uh, destroying it all and bringing it all down around their heads so we find out that Jimmy Woo has been not instrumental but has been in the loop. Of what Pan is or has been for a while now. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately find out the sourcing of this dragon. Dragon! I feel like I feel like I hear Fred and George Weasley in the back of my head every time I say it. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, shout out to Harry Potter. Yeah, um, but not to JK Rowling at this point. But anyway, um yeah, I was just saying, that's a whole other thing that yeah. I discovered online this week. And I was just like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, your faves always disappoint you. Um, you know. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, dragons and, <laughs> and just to tie it all together, we find out how we're tying it all into Atlantis Attack. They managed to definitely, yeah, like somewhat, I guess you could say definitely um tie it to Atlantis Attack. So I'm like, okay, sure. That's that's I didn't think about that. And I'm like, okay, it's 
it's all there now. I don't know. It's just like, because if one part of this, I was like, well, that's a weak way to do it. But at the same time, no, it's not really. I'm like, okay, were you expecting it? No. <laughs> no, exactly. I was just like, well, that, you know what? It made sense. But at the same time, it was very much a surprise. Right. But especially coming out of, well, I, mean, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into Invaders next because, you know. I didn't read it. Oh, shit. Okay. Well. I'll, you can I'll, I'll it. It's okay. I'm going to read it probably before. Well, I go. I'll step around it because I, I can pretty safely say it has nothing to do with Atlantis attacks, which was one okay. thing we thought about. You know, we, we were saying we're coming into this this last issue of the issue of the book, but we'll get to that in a second. That is um, surprising. Yeah, it, it very much was. Um, I mean, you could probably make something out of the last page, but I, I very there is no real way to do that. Um, but anyway. Back to this though, real quick. I do love uh, the one little thing I, I love, like Silk being the voice of reason, continuing to be the voice of reasoning for Amadeus, and I guess into in the group. You know, Amadeus has starting to put put on his big boy pants and, and be the leader. You know, that's right. starting to show up. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. Is there? There was a panel that kind of, and maybe it's just me suggesting. Just, well, she's really. Well, I was about to say, just hold that thought. I've mentioned this before in, in, in relation to this book. Mm-hmm. She's really the elder statesman of the of the team sure. or the second most elder statesman because Shang-Chi would be first and right. then it's her because she's technically Peter Parker's age. True. Right. So, but the, but the well, first but... The reason that she would be, you know, even though she hasn't been in the hero game very long, she would be uh, one of the voices of reason. Right, but and I, but I'm saying that is because if you think about you know her book and her coming back into the fold or her coming into the fold in the first place, and her with the um, Kimmy whatever like um, coming out of the bunker situation that he was coming through and what she was going through when she when she first kind of came out, you know, for her coming from there to here, you know, still keeping a little bit of that, but not but not in the same way. But she's kind of has been out in the world for a little while, so you know. She kind of knows she's she knows better now, or she's pretty much gotten that that stuff out of her sister, and she's kind of into the world now. But that's what that's why I say it is kind of amusing to see her as the voice of reason, knowing mm. where she's coming from, you know where she's come from to this, mm-hmm. but still being herself, which is which is always great to see. So it's it's, it's kind of amusing. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was something else I was going to say about this book. Now I think that's pretty much it, though. Um, because there is really nothing else that kind of comes up in this book outside of like, hey, guess what? Just, <laughs> it goes straight into pretty much a, a Lance's attacks, which right. we will see. And basically, yeah, I was about to say it's really it. It doesn't uh, necessarily um, tie off all of the loose ends. It doesn't necessarily solve all of the mysteries right. in this in this book. What it does do is lead us into the crossover. What it also does do is probably lay the foundation for yet another limited series, which may be the fate of this team of this book where we're not going to get, you know, an ongoing, we're going to get multiple mini series covering separate, you know, various arcs. Which is kind of sad because it's basically the Mighty Avengers all over again during the the, the various events that it, it came in and out of and came in and out of. And I'm hoping that's not the case. But yeah, you're probably right. That's what it seems to me. You know, that's what I, I at, at least at this point, this is now the second Agents of Atlas uh, miniseries to end. And I don't know how many issues Atlantis Attacks is going to be comprised of, but I foresee coming out of it another agents of atlas miniseries 
I'm glad you do because I don't. But I would like to. I would. I would hope that is the case. But I kind of. I feel like I don't. Don't see because that. the story of Pan isn't done. That's true. You're right. And on that, but they could also be something where Agent um, Excuse me, um, Atlas Attacks kind of deals with that. Possibly. So we we don't know until we get to that point, which hey won't be until next month. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed this issue. It was pretty good. Uh, that being said, I, I thought it was well done that they that they put all that together like they did. Um, so now I guess uh, we will go into Evaders real quick, and I won't spoil it for you since you're going to read it. Sure. But this is the last issue of uh, this series, and it basically. I don't want to say wraps up, but it kind of, but for lack of a better word, it kind of does wrap up what's been going on for the most part. Like the whole, the, the bigger thing with the whole, um, you know, the whole plot that mentions uh, um, ultimately responsible for and by proxy uh, Namor, which, you know, Namor in the beginning of the book kind of goes goes back to his old ways of blaming other folks. and But at the same time, the, the book in itself is about memories and basically about them being the t- the team that was forged during a war and it kind of ends on that note to a point um because so things happen there's a big fight that gets dealt with um and then there's the dealing with you know the the aftermath of that being hey what happens to mansion or whatever his name is and Namor's part with that, and that gets kind of dealt with, and then at the end, end, there's kind of like a, um, not necessarily an Avengers first Avengers type swarm uh, uh, meeting, but there is like a meeting of the the uh, the the invaders minus Namor, and they talk about what basically happened, and and it just kind of ends there with them talking about Namor and kind of saying. You know, hey, you know, regardless of everything that happened, he's still Namor. He's still one of us kind of situation. And then it just ends on kind of Namor sitting there on his throne, throne like Conan uh, mm. at the end of uh, the Conan movie. If you have a certain vintage, you know that reference. If not, I'm, I'm too sorry for you. Go read it. Go watch it. Sure. What is best in life? Exactly. But um, what, what I was going to say is I, I didn't take a look at the I think it's the March solicitations came out, recently. out. Yes, that's correct. And I did see, you know, one of the trusty uh, uh, news services that we look at, or maybe not so trusty, decided to put out, you know, like the 10 things that we learned from um, the 2020, um, uh, the, the March 2020 solicitations, the Marvel solicitations. And my understanding is that Namor is going to be part of a bad guy team. Yes. Um, there's coming- news on that, so we'll get to that, you know. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. But at the same time, given that Atlantis' attacks is, is a upcoming thing, and technically he's, a, he's not on the side of right on that part. Right. But we don't know, you know, how that's going to play out either. Exactly. Fully. Um, but, yeah, he, so he's still, regardless of how they try to paint him at the end of this book, given what's coming up next, doesn't really say that much great good for him. So it was like, whatever, all the... All the whatever they said at the end of the, the the issue was like, okay, yeah, but this other stuff is coming up, and that's mm-hmm. not, that's not gonna paint them any better light, right? Regardless of what you say, so so that's pretty much it. Like I said, um, yeah, there's no tie to Atlanta's attacks in this one, so which was kind of it's kind of a disappointment because I was expecting, like both of us were really expecting there to be some sort of tie, you would mm-hmm. think, but not such luck. 
I would have expected it. Yeah. But yeah. So from I guess if we're done with that, from there, yep. uh, you want to throw something out? Sure. I mean, what else? Do, I mean, we read a couple things Actually. in um, in common, and yeah. I guess our usual what, stuff. What I would bring up is either Avengers or Black Panther. Avengers. All right. Uh, so Avengers <laughs> number twenty eight. Um, there are a couple of really great moments in this. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty action packed issue. Yeah. Um, according to my notes, it reminds me to uh, think worthy thoughts when I'm trying to pick up the hammer. You know, that was a great moment. That was funny. Yeah. That was a great, great moment because uh, you know the issue opens with uh, three three specific former heralds of Galactus coming together. One of which and, we we previously mentioned, right? Silver Surfer or the not so Silver Surfer, as everyone is wont to talk about nowadays in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, these three former heralds have come together to take on the Star Brand, and now. Uh, they're part of the mission. They're part of uh, the Avengers mission now, and part of the basically the uh, the monkey and the wrench. You know, they are the basically. wrench that has been thrown into the works. Yes, although I'm sure that's going to change with whatever happens. I mean, I'm right. sure there'll Next be thing. yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a dust up, and then well, something's going to happen, and then you know, especially once they meet, they finally meet the Star Brand, which hasn't happened yet, by the way. Right. Um, so uh, what I was referring to earlier is a scene between uh, Captain America and the now brood Thor. Um, as we mentioned in uh, a previous show, the la- in the last issue, Thor has been infected with a brood egg and he has been slowly transforming uh, despite the fact that he's got, you know, the whole God uh, uh, stamina and God uh, healing properties. You know, if Wolverine can, can, can fight it off, why can't Thor, right? Right. I wonder if they're actually going to show like there's some there's still some missing tem- members of the team. So I'm sure there's we'll see what happened there. I wonder if we're ever going to get go back to that time jump to when that actually happened. I mean, it's kind of it may seem unnecessary at this point, but I don't know unless, you know, there's a reason why it was skipped and, and they're going to come back to it. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron is kind of decent for doing stuff like that. So I, w- I wouldn't I would be surprised if he didn't. Mm hmm. But, um, yeah, I was like, okay, so I assume at some point we're going to see what happened with that and what, you know, what happened when, what caused the mission to go sideways. Sure. Yeah, um, it'll probably, it will probably be described in a, in another mini flashback the way uh, this issue started with the little mini flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I, I honestly laughed out loud. I honestly laughed out loud when I read that bit about think worthy thoughts. Baseball. Oh, and then the, and the line before that where he says, yeah, wait, the line before says, like, uh, this used to be, this was a lot easier yeah. the last time that, 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 that it happened. And I was thinking, is he talking about in-game or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to see, you know, this is just the, this is just another kind of notation for the times that Captain America has done this. So, mm-hmm. Although um, he did not change into a Thor, like a lot of people pick up the hammer with a have classically have done, but at the same time, we're not going to, you know, that's a point we have to worry. Right. I was kind of expecting that to happen, to be honest. It was like, okay, he, he, he picks it up and then poosh, he's, he's turns into a Thor, which I didn't have kind of, I was yeah. kind of depressed, uh, not depressed, but I was kind of bummed out about that. Right. 
So, and then, of course, Brew Thor, you know, they have that little thing and then that gets dealt with. <laughs> and they're just right. like, oh, nothing, no, 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 they swept under the rug. Sure, sure. I know, and it's all you, buddy. You're, you're still, you're still my. Yeah, exactly. So, but then we get to the other part of that where we meet up with, uh, we, we um, go back to where um, Ghost Rider, Black Widow, and the ailing Blade is um, running through space in a charger. I was about to say just before you hold on to that thought, we have uh, Cap changing uniforms into a uh, Corsair. All of a oh sudden. yeah, which yeah, in which he gets uh, called by um, by uh, Carol, Captain Corsair. Corsair. Right. I'm like, huh. but, I was about to say. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, no, that was a good point to to, to bring it up. That was kind of funny. Um, since they are riding around in a in, a, in an old version of Star used, yeah, in a used uh, Star ship, so I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so. Um, Black Widow, Ghost Rider, Blade on the run from Silver Surface for some strange. Well, we know the reason why because they're pretty much at the same thing. But Silver Surface is trying to basically keep them from their task. Uh, and uh, during the course of this, we find out that um, hey, there's there's um, there's more to our our baby boy Rider than um, you know. There might be a little bit more to our baby boy Rider uh, coming up or something. I don't know because basically he ends up getting brief control of. Uh, the surfer surfboard, which makes him the ultimate rider at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was only briefly. And then at the end of the issue, which I'm like, all right, this is good. Um, Black Widow was like, hey, we need some heavy hitters. And 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 um, and, uh, and uh, Robbie's like, oh, no, well, give me a second. I'll go back down. And she's like, nope, give me my luggage. Which, how in the world does she change in the back of a charger? I don't know. But at the same time, if it's anything like where she probably got that um, suit from, it, it kind of makes some sense. So basically, we see her dressed up in, in uh, an Iron Man-ish um, Black Widow's stealth armor. Sure. Which looks pretty good. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I want to see Iron Widow. So, and I saw an, I saw an article out there. It was like, oh, now she, the she's Widow. the strongest, huh? The War Widow. Yeah, That's they the call it the War Widow, but I'm just like, uh, I, I like Iron Widow. Because <laughs> yeah. we already got War Machine. We don't need that again. So. Sure. Um, but although so, she yes. does have the uh, missile launcher pods, she does. Yeah, exactly. So it is it is, you know, technically more like War Machine than right. than not. But it also makes sense for her. Um, but nevertheless, so we're gonna see her in action next um next issue. And I've already seen an article out there talking about Black Widow becomes the strongest Avenger. I'm like that. I'm like, <laughs> Like she got us, she got a Iron Man armor that doesn't necessarily make that the case. But at the same time, sure, yeah, why not? You know, let's let's go. <laughs> I think it's, before we move on, I wanted to touch on one thing that you were uh, speaking about, which was Ghost Rider. Yes, it's, I find it interesting that the character has really grown mm-hmm. in the pages of Avengers more so than even in his own book, which is really scary. Yeah, you know. Like he's, you know, like I don't know if he's going to be like the next Vision or Scarlet Witch that is like a prime uh, secondary character for an Avengers book because it seemed like he was okay holding up his own um, book in a Ghost Rider book, but because he's a young, inexperienced Ghost Rider as opposed to um, uh, Danny Ketch or even uh, Johnny Blaze, where we see them in their team books kind of being not on the experience side, but definitely not as uh not being portrayed as much of a rookie as the as as he is. Right. So it's interesting to see him 
kind of come into his own with his powers and his abilities and his courage in this book. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of using this as a vehicle, much like, um, well, granted, uh, both Miss Marvel and Miles have their own books, have had their own books, but I feel like they're using it in a similar vein as to when they were on Avengers, you know, to kind of give them a little bit of more more growth on that. More exposure. And yeah. So, I, yeah, what you said you know, is definitely is a case. You definitely see more more growth in them here than 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 not. In the solo book, mm-hmm. which he doesn't have at this point. Right, he hasn't had a solo book in a long time now. The right. solo Ghost Rider book right now is not. It's not even technically a solo book because it's Danny and Johnny Blaze. Right. So it's not even you know it's just a Ghost Rider book. So it's funny that the Ghost Rider that most people would recognize outside of people who subjected themselves and i mean subjected themselves to the uh um nicholas cage movies um you know the ghostwriter that people would know would be uh uh uh, uh robbie rodriguez reyes reyes i'm sorry mm-hmm. what am i thinking rodriguez uh, i'm not sure Robbie reyes robbie reyes see how long it's been since uh he's been on agents of shield so, which actually brings up that was a point I was going to bring actually bring up like boy this would be I mean granted that the TV shows and the books don't necessarily match up or you know um, kind of play on each other but it would be nice if that if if, if that was the case. So well, hopefully in the near future that will be more of the case. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like you said uh, previously, this is definitely a good action packed. Um, issue of the book and on the other side of that because we do get because there was a I guess you can call a B plot if there was one um, we cut back to the past where Tony uh, Stark oh, yeah. is um, dealing with a star brand of his own and meets with the 1 million BC um, with the rest of the him and the rest of the 1 million BC Avengers so and we kind of get a little bit of that before they kind of um they kind of way. fade away. They they kind of uh, flashback forward. Right, uh, so we don't see too much of it. So we so we can at this point assume that maybe the two are going to join back up at some point. I kind of doubt it. It's the way that it seems like, but you know, I suspect the space thing is going to get dealt with. They're going to have a star brand, and then they'll end up going back to one million BC and helping Tony out. Maybe I don't know. I just think it's interesting that Jason Aaron seems to be having a lot of fun with this book. There's a lot of stuff going on. He's throwing a lot up in the air, and he's and some of it's actually sticking in the air at the point for, for the time being because there's a, still a whole bunch of stuff that is still out that he didn't even he didn't exactly. come back to yet. That's my. That's exactly what I was getting at. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and he is touching upon the story threads here and there, and still keeping things, as Chris Claremont was wont to do, dangling. Mm. So, well, uh, the, a lot. The, of- the difference being that at least, from what we know of him now, he is at least one address and two have come back around and and not. Have have addressed the, the stuff. He doesn't leave them. Yeah, it doesn't leave them as long. Unlike the you know, Love Claremont's run, but he has left some stuff kind of just sitting out there and still oh, sitting sure. out there. So, so I mean, you know, that's that's exactly that's exactly the point. You know, but but as you mentioned, he's juggling a lot, and he is definitely uh, nailing some of these landings. So, um, but if you if you're gonna have a book like like this and do something like that with and knowing you're gonna come back to him, it's like. Yeah, you kind of have to touch on it at some point. Just kind of let people know that hey, that still stuff is out there. But at the same time, mm-hmm. that's 
I guess that helps the longevity of the book, knowing that, hey, you know, he's still got stuff that he's he's got out there. And you know, they're going to let him finish it. Definitely. Definitely. So as opposed to. And, you know, and I was about to say, and, you know, he can stick with things. Exactly. So. <laughs> so that's a reference to another book of his that I uh, that I'm going to talk about at some point, which I guess do you want to um, hit that one now? I was about to say we may want to get into rapid fire at this point. Okay. Because just because we need to, uh, you know, kind of get things moving a little. And we do have a lot of news. So, yeah. All righty. So here we go. Spinning it up. All right. Uh, Let's see. Let me shout out if you've got any of these books in common with me this week. Um, Batman number 85. Oh, so, well, that's the end of the Tom King run on the Batman book. I was honestly underwhelmed, although it did tie things up uh, and found and we found ourselves at a new place for Batman and Catwoman, a new place for uh, Flashpoint Batman and uh, Bane getting a little bit of uh, revenge, but not against who you think he would. So. This is um, King basically putting most of the toys back in the box for, um, I believe it's James Tinian. James Tinian the fourth, yes. And I believe, right. doesn't he have like a backup um, story yes. coming yes, out of this? Yes, it was a short three or four page thing that basically sets up a little bit of um, what's to come in uh, Tinian the fourth's uh, run, including uh, the big reveal from uh, last week's Superman number 18 coming into play. Uh, next up is Black Panther number 19. I know we both read this. Yep. I actually enjoyed this issue. It's a potential click of the week for me. It was super entertaining. I thought that uh, Tanasi Coates and artist Ryan Bodenheim were hitting on all cylinders in this issue. I thought it was super solid. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this issue was um, Shuri raising an objection to yes. what... And to, not backing uh, down over that. That sorry, but. right? And to what to what T'Challa had planned for um, in this issue, and it really uh, served to remind everyone that she is still a former Black Panther and um, essentially the ruler of Wakanda while uh, T'Challa is running around as the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And she made sure she called him out on all of it. So that was that was definitely a, a highlight of the book for me also. And right. got him on the basically f- from doing, calling him out, kind of got him back on track or got him on track to, to sure. going forward as opposed to what he was initially going to do. Sure. Okay. Next up is Daredevil number 15. Uh, Daredevil and Elektra are on the warpath against the Stromwin family. I don't know if they are an old school crime family in the comics. I really, you know, I'd have to Google that actually. Um, This family um, find themselves taking their own form of vengeance against the mayor, Wilson Fisk. Uh, What we find in this issue is that Daredevil may have finally made it back to being daredevil again may have we will see in upcoming issues this has been a very um winding road for both characters daredevil and the kingpin so um zadarsky's doing an excellent job of laying this out and um chichetto's art is definitely uh, a strong uh a strong point for the book you know both in you know in, uh, in telling both stories actually 
Next up, believe it or not. Like Ripley's believe it or not. Doomsday Clock number 12 actually came out. It finally happened. The long sending nightmare is over, folks. <laughs> it happened. I paid my dollar to PCN underscore dirt. There is proof oh, yeah, that I to... paid off my bet. I'm not going to use that particular thing as a, as right. a, as a thumbnail, but I, I, there is something I will probably use as, oh, as a yeah. thumbnail. Oh, yeah. We know what we, 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 I suspect, I strongly suspect I know what it. it is. Yeah, you've seen it. You know, um, Winthorpe, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I paid off my losing bet and uh, it did come out. I can say that I actually enjoyed it. Of all things this week, it was a potential click of the week. Simply because it was an oddball way to end the story. I just thought it was just odd. And the art by Gary Frank, it was, I don't know if he was the reason for all the delays. His artwork has become so detailed, has become so intricate compared to what it was when he was churning out a monthly title on The Incredible Hulk way back when, when he was following up Dale Keown. Right. I don't know if you remember that in like the mid 90s, he was one of the uh, the steadier uh, monthly artists out there. He didn't have the most um, detail ridden. And I say ridden uh, as as um, as a criticism in this case, he didn't have the most detail ridden style, but it was clean. It was efficient and it told the story. You know, he was always a good storyteller, but I think that what he was striving for which is, uh, you know, definitely an homage to Dave Gibbons, um, you know, the uh, the original artist of Watchmen. And, um, you know, I wonder if that unnecessarily slowed him down. You know, but I can also understand why they would want him to finish it because the end result really did look very nice. Um I some of the some of the fears that or some of the thoughts that we had in terms of um, this book setting up the new status quo, um, I didn't really see come to pass. We, you know, we sort of understand, you know, we sort of get a resetting of what the continuity is post uh, rebirth now. Um, It sort of reestablishes a lot of the. the new 52 stuff that we had understood to be, you know, the, the various 52 worlds. So I guess that is the biggest, um, that is the biggest, uh, takeaway from this is that the multiverse is, uh, you know, restored in that sense. And, you know, it took a while to do it. And also at the end of the day, the, uh, uh, the 1985 verse of the Watchmen is here to stay as well. So, so the question I have with that, well, one question I have is, is that, so you said it was enjoyable. Does it actually pay off given at they, what they originally said that a lot of this was supposed to reverberate throughout the, the DC universe, but it's also two years late or, you know, some length. I don't well, think, it, I don't think it reverberates some throughout the way we thought it would. Especially given what's going on in Justice League and, uh, and around the, uh, the, the, the universe or the prime universe now, anyway. I right. Think, no, around the universe, because some of these even multiversal. So, right. I think what it does is just it resets it so that rebirth is basically undone. You know, mm. and we're not talking about you know one primary timeline now. Things have been reverted to, um, 
what we always understood them to be post crisis, post all the crises. Okay. Okay. Well, because yeah, because it was kind of felt like it was made to be this big thing that didn't really, especially with all the delays, so it didn't seem like it panned out. Granted, I haven't been reading it, so I don't know. Um, I mean, the way I read it, the way I read it, and maybe I have to reread the whole thing because I did skip a lot of it. Right. Let's be honest. Um, me, uh, the way I, the, the my interpretation of it is that this was one way to bring in Watchmen into the DC multiverse. Right. And another way to basically reset a lot of the things that maybe didn't sell so well during uh, New 52 and Rebirth. Right. That's the way I saw it. But as long as it did that, I guess that's that's the, the end result. Right. I guess that's the reverberation that, that, that echoes across the DC universe. Sure. All right. Okay. Um, um, I think it's also worth noting that the HBO series uh, Watchmen has also ended by this time, and there were some speculation, that, which I don't know if that's I doubt of that being the case. Is that that was the other reason why this ends now is because now that that ends, which I don't think has anything to do with that, but no, it doesn't make any sense to kind of for that to be the reason why this was, you know, why that this issue shows up now anyway. Right. No, I don't think so at all because I don't see much of a tie, if anything. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Um, anyway. Yeah. But um, I'd be more than willing to do a, a, a treasure edition on the Watchmen uh, miniseries. I don't know if you watched it. Mm-mm. I may have to do a solo on it and we'll see. Yeah. See see if uh, Tim or, and or uh, PCN underscore Dirt watched it. Um, and the last book I have is another potential click of the week, and it's King Thor number four. It's the culmination of Jason Aaron's 100-plus issue run on Thor. It all you know, comes that, down to this. What's that? Yes, it all has come down to this. Shout out to Rise of Skywalker, right? Um, this is um, just a beautifully rendered story. It's poetic. It's epic. It's everything that you would expect from um, a Jason Aaron Thor book. This is going to go down as one of the big runs on Thor. Uh, Definitely comparable to the Simonson run, which basically put the character on most people's maps, um, you know, in terms of epic storytelling. So, um, you know, we have, you know, I don't want to spoil everything, it definitely helps to have read the entirety of the run because much like what we what uh, we were saying before about um, dangling plot threads in uh, Avengers currently, a lot of the dangling threads that Aaron left in Thor were tied up neatly in this issue. And um, we also have um, Aaron basically putting several toys back in the toy box uh, or, or placing things back in the sandbox for um, Donny Cates and Nick Klein to pick up in the next uh, volume of Thor, but at the same time setting up characters into new uh, situations and giving them a new status quo, uh, chiefly Balder, Sif, and... Well, Balder and Sif, really, those are the characters that we see um, um, with uh, with new directions. Uh, Loki's kind of in a state of limbo, which is what he should be at the end of a big, you know, series like this. But he's never too he's never gone for too long. We all know that. So sadly, his uh, his solo book didn't last that long. But that was a sad thing, anyway. Right, but. Uh, 
but yeah, this this is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. Just a a wonderful book. Cool. Uh, for me, we'll get to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number twelve. Which um, speaking of unbelievably movies. another book ending. Yep. It's series uh, yeah, in, ending a, this volume, right? Yep, that is absolutely true. And it ends, you know, I, I'm i still kind of processing it, but at the same time, so there was a thing that they had been touting months ago about a certain character, um, which did not happen. So I'm sure fans of that character will be happy for that. But at the same time, you know, it's, I, I kind of hate when they do that. It's like, hey, this this death of this character, this and that. But then it doesn't necessarily happen because it just feels like a just big red herring. Okay. But at the same time, you know, th- uh, th- this issue was pretty good. There was, a you know, the big fight. And they, they basically cleaned up um, what was going on in that. And, um, like, very quickly, I, well, not very quickly. So basically... Um, the thing with Rocket Raccoon was kind of dealt with. Um, the Drax ba- is basically is basically back. Uh, because the Drax that they ended up coming across, which are, were you, are you planning on reading this? Yes. Okay, so I won't spoil it too much. But basically, there was a the big fight. Things happen. Uh, I already spoiled the Drax thing, but what do you okay. still have to read? How how you know how it happened? And then there is, and then it just kind of pivots to, um. Let's just say a year in review, weirdly enough, um, including some characters like the Silver Surfer, who just happens to be there because, you know, he's, you know, uh, he's cosmic. Yeah. And, and we have Beta, matter of fact, Beta Ray Bill also, cause, but I'm not sure if they come across. I don't now that I think about it. I need to go look at those panels again. This is post Silver Surfer Black, right? This Which is, is post. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, that's the funny part about it, because basically there's a question was asked about. So what have so? Slight spoiler. So basically, the character asks, "So what happened? So what I missed this last past year?" And then you just see a couple of pages of, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that has happened um, cosmically and whatnot, including some people that have nothing to do with this book. Um, and then you see, and then you just kind of see, you know, it pan back to where everybody at, and it's like, no, nothing happened. Not really. Not yeah. much happened. You know. And then server surfers is like, oh well, I went to the beginning of the time and fought the. the, the and then then somebody just like, yeah, yeah, nothing really happened. No. Nah. So it, so that part was really funny, um, but and then there's a touching moment at the end you have to read. It was pretty good, and uh, it obviously sets off you know putting the characters in a certain place going into uh, uh, um, Al Ewing's run coming you know coming next month I guess. Gotcha. Al Ewing and um, shoot I forgot who the artist the artist is but um, that artist but they they basically have a little splash page at the end of the book uh, about that so it. Everything about what happened, you know, in that last arc just got got taken care of, basically, uh, including you know you see something happen in the future, which probably is a surprise, but not so much of a surprise if you know kind of who's been kind of especially underlying in the beginning of this um, of this volume kind of reappears as a thing. So yeah, this is probably a potential click of the week for me for that. Um, another book that ended this week, sadly, is Future Foundation number five. Um, I don't know if it was low sales or whatnot, or probably the the stupid ass man babies complaining that comics are having an agenda who need to die. Um, but they should die because you know that way we can get more books like that that actually does more than just the, the same old things for fifty years. But that's a whole other situation. Um, they pretty much got it to a place like I don't, I'm sure there was more they were going to go 
there were more places that were going to go with this book because they had the whole hey molecule man's out there and they're trying to find the pieces of you know all of them to put them back together and, and bring them back home but you know that didn't happen but they kind of set them on a place so I guess it could get picked up again somewhere somewhere how somehow I'm not sure if if that's going to happen but they basically put all of the, the characters in place and there's a nice kiss between two characters which I'm sure set off some some of those same stupid man babies uh, assholes um, fuck those folks mm. um, but anyway you know hey comics there are comics is a big field you don't have to like everything but you don't have to poop what other people like that's all I'm saying if you don't like it fine but let other people enjoy what they want you don't run the comics anyway X-Force number four um, so as I said in my notes it's another edition of CSI Krakoa uh, after another incident, and then the you know you, we see the the Quiet Council kind of come together, talking about what what has happened and what they're going to do going forward, and we find out that um, X Force in its classic mission is kind of back, but also giving. They likened it to a a one or a a federal section. Let's just put it away. They they likened um, the X Force to a section of the government body that's. Uh, kind of law enforcement facing let's say on one end um i personally kind of likened it to a british counterpart being mi6 Mm. especially what happens in in this um in in the story but uh at the end of they meet up with some they could they go out on a mission after this is all said and done and end up uh, with more resistance uh, and it probably and uh, you plan on reading this, so I don't give it to it. But there's there's some there's an answer to a certain mutant's um, uh, 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 rejuvenation, not regeneration. What I'm looking for? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resurrection. Resurrection. That okay. seemed that that was not answered before. That you know, because there was a part of him that was would have been missing out of the equipment quake, uh, equation. And that seems to be uh, solved on one end, and that apparently they might need it going into the next issue. Um, Justice League number thirty-eight. So guess what, folks? We thought this was over. It's not over yet. <laughs> one more issue, I think. It is one more issue. We thought was going to be uh, an epilogue issue. Apparently, no. This is this is it's not. So it's a big knockdown, drag-on fight. The tables have been more or less turned, let's just say. And a character I thought was going to get dealt with does definitely get dealt with. Or some would say cleaned up, taken off the board, however you want to talk. But there was a character that's been floating around that's they, they dealt with uh, in a way in this one. And um, someone lost came back. I will also say that. And mm-hmm. then we're going to go into the next issue, which is I, I assume is going to be the the end of the whole shebang but Man. um it was actually a pretty good read the whole the whole like it was a you know most of it was sitting around a big fight between you know lex lex and the um the league while the other stuff was going on in, in the background uh surrounding the fight but it was a, it was a good uh, issue I, I enjoyed it so it could be a potential pick of the week for me wow there's so much i still have to read this week oh yeah, same here unreal um, but uh until we get to that uh, we will go into clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. 
And we have two already for our um, absent members. Uh, and one from PC and Unscore Dirt would be Cult Classics Creature Feature, which um, he said it's basically like Stranger Things but meets uh, 50s monster movies. Okay. So if, if that is the thing that is up your alley, hey, run with it. Uh, and from Tim... The not so confused link, but very confusingly named Spider Man number three, <laughs> which is the uh, which is the Abrams, yeah, the Abrams and Pacelli book. Mm-hmm. Um, that's JJ Abrams, yes. In case you didn't know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he said that's his click of the week. He didn't necessarily give a reason why, but he basically said that was it. So okay. Which I'm gonna be uh, very predictable. And go with King Thor number four. Yeah, I kind of expect it. But hey, why not? If you said it was a good pick, it was a good pick. So Yeah, I read a lot of interesting things this week, and it seems like I missed out on a lot uh, more interesting things that I still am going to have queued up in the old iPad to read. So, sure. you know, there's a lot out there this week to read, but I definitely appreciated uh, the work that uh, Jason Aaron, um, Isad, uh, Ribic, uh, Mike Del Mundo, and and all of the other artists that contributed to the final King Thor issue and the final Jason Aaron pencil, uh, Jason Aaron uh, authored uh, Thor book. Mm. I mean, it would knowing that you're a longtime Thor fan. One, I mean, for heaven's sake, you if you're watching the video, the dude's got a hammer on his shoulder. <laughs> so that goes without saying. It would now grant unless it the book kind of flopped. That would be a whole different story. But it, you know. While it is not that big of a surprise, it would be a surprise if you didn't pick this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing it would be big a of a right. yeah. Unless, like, the, unless the book was just that big of a, you know, it didn't take landing or whatever, which you know that would be hard to believe for Aaron at this point. So, anywho, uh, for myself, well, I would guess I was slightly um, stalling for time. There's plenty to choose from this week. There is. Um, and like you, there's a, there's a few more that I didn't get to. Um, hmm. No. It's okay. I mean, it's funny that we spent a, a lot of time trying to parse out what happened in uh, Annihilation Scourge Omega. Well, but- and that whole diatribe I had about 2099 didn't help any either. Oh, and it's funny, like, we could have spent a lot more time on some of these books that we really appreciated this week. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take the both. Exactly. There you have. So, you know, Facts. You just, I, exactly. You know, we talk about just the stuff that's good, you know, just, just not fair to the stuff that's bad. That we, we can... We exactly. We're trying to tell people about the stuff that, you know, maybe needs a little improvement. Talk about being politically correct right there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. right. <laughs> so, I guess, you know what? I'm... Hmm. Hmm. Man. Ugh. <laughs> Avengers was good. X-Force was, was, was good. Um, Guardians actually ended up on a sweet note, but that was kind of slightly kind of predictable note. It was anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I will go with Avengers. Nice. We'll do that. It was a fun read. It definitely was. So with that, folks, we are going to go into the cinematic news, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is not for the ads that we have been reading into the ground over the last several weeks. 
Our first ad is for Wink, because we're going to need our personalized wine club after this show. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspnus forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Now it's time for the news. If you're um, if you one folk that deals with Lightstream as a streaming um, streaming app, always remember there's something that you have to remember to set up prior to starting your show. <laughs> anyway, um, cinematic news. That's a little uh, PSA. You know, I wish I had my soundboard up. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. But it's okay. It's fine. Oh wait. And knowing is half the battle. GI Joe. If I wasn't lady, I would I would cut that in some kind of way. But regardless, Star Wars, folks. Now we are not talking spoilers because Rise of the Skywalker has just came out. Um, yeah, as of the as of the date of this recording, the movie has officially been released. Today is Friday, the 20th, 20th of December, so it is in wide release today. And Roddy and I saw it, it last yeah. night in in what's technically still previews. Yeah, although that's just basically the, the unofficial first day of the movie. Everybody knows that at this point, which, man, right. I remember the days when that wasn't the case. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, actually, before we even go into it, since, uh, well, actually, let's get to the story first. Um, Palpatine taunts Kylo Ren in the new Rise of Skywalker clip. Obviously, this came out before the movie did. So, that was, um, so it is what it is. And now that the movie's out, I will say that, you know, if you've seen this clip, you've seen this clip. But um, just to go bounce off of that to say, hey, what'd you think of the movie without spoilers? Without spoilers, I had an uneven experience. Hmm. I had an uneven experience. I think, um, <laughs> honestly, I think, and, and this is going to sort of tie into our next um, uh, our next story. I think that I've been spoiled. I've become spoiled because leading up to this movie, I did a rewatch of, and I didn't really do a complete, complete rewatch. Right. But I definitely jumped around both um, Clone Wars and Rebels, and I did do mo- uh, mostly a rewatch of the the films thanks to the Binge Mode podcast. I the only one I didn't sit through and rewatch was, uh, ironically, the Force Awakens. The only two I didn't do were the Force Awakens and. Um, nice job. Uh, 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 exactly, uh, Last Jedi. Mm. So, Which- but those still relatively fresh in my memory and i did do a rewatch of last jedi i guess when it hit net uh netflix mm-hmm. so it wasn't too long ago. yeah so i i would 
I said on Twitter last night after I got out of the movie is this is a Star Wars ass Star Wars movie. That's pretty much as much as I can say because they did a lot. In, yeah, oh yes, this. they definitely did a lot. Uh, you know, we, I, I want to reserve everything, all of my comments on. Oh, it for sure. For, yeah, like that. That's pretty much all I'm gonna say about at that point. Um, but for the most part, I so I've seen that this doesn't make what I how I feel about the movie one way or the other. But I've noticed there there are a lot more people on your side or worse because they're yeah, I'm in the I'm firmly in the middle because there's definitely some uneven aspects to the movie that really they didn't ruin it for right. me but I was kind of like oh well and there's also some that like I have seen some some of course the social media is like the last hey the great the last great movie is the last Jedi basically <laughs> so like so the so the scale teasers like some people are saying that actually there's a few people saying that this is the worst movie. There are some people who are like eh, it's the middle of it was good it was fine for what it was. There are some people who are like just like I said saying hey the last great movie was Last Jedi which again there is another contingent of crazy folk who don't like Last Jedi and I'm not I saying Last old. Jedi was a great movie but I'm saying that those could people are, those people's detractions were for. Stupid things. Right, they have, yeah, they have their own reasons, yes. not necessarily. Uh, oh, and boy, on. those people are going to have them for this one. No, but what I was going to say is they don't necessarily have uh, the criticisms on the basis of the actual filmmaking exactly. and storytelling. Right. Um, therefore, other things. And I think in terms of the filmmaking and the storytelling in this in this movie, it's uneven. I honestly think it's uneven, and I'll get into my thoughts on it. I've already started jotting them down. I've got yeah. you know a couple of pages worth of notes in my notebook here. <laughs> For, um, you know, because I needed to, uh, you know, I, I went to a late showing last night and I needed to get some thoughts down while they were fresh. And mm-hmm. thanks to, um, you know, the good folks over at uh, Binge Mode, they've already uh, had a little bit of um, uh, a breakdown of the movie. And I feel like I feel like most people are going to find themselves in the camp of it was mostly good, but there were definitely a couple of tough spots. Yeah. Um, um, I have also seen, like, like as a matter of fact, like you just said for yourself, like going, matter of fact, and what you spoke about before the show, like people seeing the movie and then getting other perspectives right. from other places and that kind of changing their perspective on things. Or, you know, or maybe something maybe they might have missed or whatever. Informing, right, definitely informing, further informing their perspective because there's a lot to this movie. It's yes. easy to miss a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it is moving at a, at a quick pace. And I would say that I think we mentioned this in our conversation before the show. It might be helpful. It might be beneficial for your uh, views on the movie uh, to watch it a second time and to really sit with it. I don't know if I plan on doing it in the theater unless someone invites me. Mm. But I definitely feel like I would have more of a perspective on it, watching it at home um with the sound turned up for certain parts mm. um so you can actually make out some voices um yeah there was that but look, so I, I i agree with kind of what you say but at the same time like i try to tend to try to go into movies to try to just in case i don't get back to doing that stuff and i'm not saying that hey my powers of you know uh recall are all that great or whatever the case may be and you know my perspective is all there is because it's definitely not but i try to get all that i can with the first showing right because you i never know if i'm actually going to get back to it again but i think i'm i may try on this one in fact the funny part about it is one well two things happen so i think the day before I had a ticket for what well, you had a ten o'clock showing, right? 
Yes, it was at 1030, actually. I, I didn't get out until after. It was like, it was late. So <laughs> was I late. originally had a 10 o'clock showing, just, just like you. But I was like, let me see if there's a, um, um, if I can get a different seat. Because I didn't like my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then I was like, let me see if I can get another seat at an earlier showing. And the seat was slightly better, but not that, but not that by that much. Right. Uh, and the other thing that happened in, which I said this on social media, um, on Twitter, uh, that the it, within the first five minutes of the movie, the sound cut out, and oh. for a good solid five minutes, and oh. they didn't restart. And it was at the beginning, of like like the crawl that happened. You heard the crawl, and then you saw some action, and the action, you know, you just heard action, then it just cut off. They didn't restart the movie. Oh, that's terrible! Now, granted, now, granted, during the part that was cut off, there was not necessarily like onto the rant. Hey, boo! <laughs> now, granted, you know that part of the movie, like at least it came back on before some major talking happened because you know within that time there was not necessarily that much talking, as far as I could tell. Right. You know because of you know who was involved and what was going on at the time, but I'm sure there was might have been something that was being missed. So that was very stupid of the the, the from the theater. And people were get like I had a pretty lively crowd, right? Um, of some. I would dare say some do bros and some other folks maybe may or may not have been. I had a couple drinking. of that. In my, I had a couple of that in, uh, in 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 the corner of the theater, and I yeah. wanted. Well, I'll get into it when I, you know. Ugh. Yeah, but they were, but they were, but they were actually not bad. Like they didn't like just kill the movie. Like there were, you know, like when the sound went off, they were like, "Hey, bring the movie, restart the movie," yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. But they didn't get like crazy with all that kind of stuff. And there were a right. few comments going into it, and you know, maybe one or two comments during the course of it, but they didn't get crazy crazy with it. Right. So, so it wasn't that bad. It could have been a whole lot worse. Oh yeah. Uh, but that being said, it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good crowd. Uh, for that, and there was even some people like kind of sort of clapped at the end, but not really, because I think right. people were kind of coming out just like you and I kind of are like, f- like I like that I enjoyed it for the filming aspect and for it being a Star Wars movie, and it was like, well, hey, this is it, you know. This is it for the trilogies going forward for what they've been saying. So for all of that, like I, I kind of enjoyed it, but yeah, the things that you know kind of happened in the movie, or even stuff that got opened up in the movie, it was like okay, let's see some some of that. But at the same time, it's like yeah, there's there were some things about the movie that was kind of I don't know, I, I'm still kind of processing. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I think we're all going to need some time to continue to process this movie. So uh, look. Look uh, towards your social media sources because we're probably going to let you guys know when we're going to do a Treasury edition because I really want to talk about this movie. Yeah, same, same here. Because so, so, as a matter of fact, there was something I may just even ask you about afterwards, but if, if we have time. But well, I mean, if anything, it's part of the the layout of what the show might be. So, right. um, you know, that's definitely something to, uh, to to keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that we will be having a Treasury Edition on the Rise of Skywalker. Because, mm-hmm. so, boy, there, like I said, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot to, to talk about. There's yes. a lot, a lot so, to process. Exactly. So so let us move on with the, the news, that being the case, because we, we still have a right. little bit of it. And I, and I cut out a but specifically cut out a lot of the stuff. Yeah, and we can go through almost. this kind of rather quickly yeah. because, you know, there's only so much to say about it. Like our next story, which is J.J. Um, Abrams teases a cameo from Ahsoka Tano. Um, 
from uh, Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels in uh, the Rise of Skywalker book. Which is something I wanted I wanted to mention to you after the the. Yes, the we'll talk about this off. Yeah, not off the, not particularly about this, but about something stuff around that. Sure. Um. So yeah, we won't say whether that actually happened or not, but yeah, just know that JJ kind of did tease something about it. Exactly. If you've seen the movie, you know whether whether that was mm-hmm. the case or not. Uh, JJ. Speaking of JJ Abrams. He wants the theatrical cuts of the original trilogy release. And guess what? So say we all. <laughs> so apparently uh, uh, Abrams was talking to some site or some whatever and said that he tried asking Lucasfilm about the possibility of an original cut release, but hit a brick wall. And he said, as a quote, uh, I've been told that for a reason I didn't quite don't I, that I quite don't understand. That's not necessarily possible. I think we can probably piece together part of it because I know, you know, the the, the first trilogy started in 77, the, whether they still have the old masters, the original masters for that stuff. Cause we did, they had them for the really, really sister hell. We don't look at might've burned them for all we know, uh, you know, in, in a spit of, in a fit of judges. We don't actually know, but there's some reason why they are not going to release it. Uh, some of it may possibly end up being legal. That's me speculating because I do remember there's being something with the original um, original um, movie and uh, some some rights that other people outside of Lucas has mm-hmm. to that said movie. So some of that might be tied up. That again, all of this is kind of speculation because we don't know just yet. Even with the the um, the Disney Fox merger. There's some still that still hasn't borne out of that, sadly. But nevertheless, you know, JJ wants what a, a lot of us uh, older folks or of us of a specific um, vintage want. Yeah, those of us, cast. those of us who uh, who were around watching Star Wars before the um, special editions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he keeps. I'm not going to go back on this again, but that he keeps messing with. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that is that for for this particular uh, thing. Whether that'll ever happen in our lifetime, who even know, or even in Lucas's lifetime, we don't know. All right. All right. Next up, um, mild spoilers for the Mandalorian episode from last week. Um, it gave the episode gave us a few new stars to gaze at, and uh, there Wait, are a lot of last stars. Night or tonight. What's that? Oh wait, it was. Wait, so that means they showed this week's episode. This week's episode dropped on Wednesday. So it so basically it ended, right? So no, the we were talking earlier, ladies and gentlemen, about right. uh, the Mandalorian um, basically finishing in a two part episode, right? You know, like a two part uh, uh, story, and um, it actually dropped on Wednesday ahead of Rise of Skywalker. So if you haven't watched it yet, it's out there for you. Right. And I'll just go to, to, to throw in something which I don't think I have any notes because, like I said, a lot of stuff that I put um, um, Rise of Skywalker related to next week. But mm-hmm. there is a connection between the, the Mandalorian episode of this week and the Rise of Skywalker, hence probably the reason why they put it out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they that, te- and they also tease. There's, there's also a, a teaser. Um, once you finish watching the Mandalorian, right, of Rise of Skywalker, so right. So that being the case, and I haven't seen this week's uh, uh, episode of, uh, of the Mandalorian yet, and Agents of Shit has Shit. so. <laughs> well, and so as I told him p- before the show, 
uh, knowing that it was going to be a um, two-parter ending, but right. this issue in the next, uh, ne- this episode in the next one, I forgot I'd wait till next week just to, right. to catch watch them both. both. So hopefully I won't get spoiled between now and then, but knowing uh, me and getting the news that we could possibly end up happening. That's hard. Yeah. It'll, it'll be all right. All right. Next up, um, this is you, I think. Yes. Uh, speaking of the Mandalorian, um, I, I threw this one. I, I was going to keep this one to the next week, but I, I put it in here because it kind of bummed me out. And that is the case of the Mandalorian shoots down a major Baby Yoda theory, which was the, th- the theory that I was going with in that he was a clone. He's not. Spoiler alert. I figured he wasn't. Yeah, I kind of figured that they, would, they wouldn't have gone that far, but it would because... In some respects, that would have been easy, the easy way out, right? given where it was coming from. But at the same time, now I'm actually more curious as, as to what they, you know, how they handled it, that being the case. So, which I guess, uh, well, so just a little backstory, well, not even a little backstory, but just a little, um, a little addendum, though. So, you know, we've kind of talked about Baby Yoda a little bit. You know, he's kind of taken on over social media, that being said. And, you know, his origin has been a thing of wonder, let's just say. Um, Shout out to the LBY. <laughs> right. Or, or your Dito, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, the, we, we're, you know. We know Yoda was the, Yoda was the thing. He was the only one of his race for a long time until the prequels came along, and then as right. another came out, and I believe either Clone Wars and or Rebels had another version, uh, had another of of Yoda's kind. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that while they are not out there as much as you know most of the other races in the Star Wars universe, there are some around apparently. So. They're just apparently not as many, which is another story I'm kind of also curious about. And even going back to the old Republic days, there's been some around, but not that many. There's like one, and it's not even Yoda, because obviously Yoda's not that old, even though he was your old. old. So that being said, there was, we still don't even know the name of his race, as far as I know. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So that being said, you know, uh, I say that, say that, hey, I guess it's not a surprise that he's not a clone. Um, in that respect, but at the same time, like I'm slightly kind of disappointed. But hey, we'll find that out when it when we get to the point. Or at least when I get to the point. Next up, uh, next up, um, Siffy Wire has acquired a seven part, a seven episode short form docu series called "Looking for Leia" from independent filmmaker Annalise Ophelian. Um, this was following a successful preview sneak peek screening at this year's Dragon Con. There are uh, there are ten to fifteen minute episodes showcasing several female centric aspects of the fandom uh, uh, about a galaxy far, far away, from the legacy of the late Carrie Fisher to droid builders and makers to creators of fashion, art, and jewelry to genre authors who were inspired by the beloved franchise. So that's pretty cool, right? And I want to say there was oh, just real quick. Looking for Leia tells the stories of women and non-binary fans whose lives have been changed by Star Wars. I could have described that whole story in that sentence. Thank you very much. There is also a podcast that I thought was the same name, but apparently it is not. Uh, But there is um, there is a similarly named uh, uh, Star Wars podcast. Um 
That's about so. So I was looking up the name, but don't worry, it's not that important right now. But there's some notable people on the internet that's behind it, so I know they were probably thrilled, and they may even probably have something to do with the soccer series. Whenever. And I want to say that it's starting. Yes, actually, is is um at the time of this recording, uh, it will start on December twenty first, which will be tomorrow. Okay. Uh, all seven episodes. Wait, did you say it already? I don't think you did. Sci-fi. dot com, VOD, YouTube, and NBCU's one app. Okay. Which I forgot totally. They have a streaming services with two episodes airing back to back on the Sci-Fi Television Network at eleven o'clock p.m. Central. Looks like. So look out for that if you are if you are so interested. I may check it out. Uh, the man who plotted to kill Power Rangers star Jason David Frank to be sentenced. So apparently somebody took a run at the Green Ranger, Black Ranger, White Ranger, whatever you want to and call them. Mm, excuse me, huh? And they missed. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Which, I mean, he's a kind of also a MMA fighter, so even if they got gotten to him, I don't, I'm not sure how they would have fared, but apparently they might have had some weaponry with him. I don't know what if that would have changed things or not. So anyway, um, he was at a Phoenix Comic Con uh, actually, this was from two years ago, uh, and some dude, we won't say his name, or we probably should, but whatever, um, went at him, and um, he had typed into his smartphone, killed David, Jason David Frank, and, you know, uh, sadly, stuff like that is more common in here in the States than we would like to admit to, or at least folks would like to admit to, um, given the number of mass shootings and other Act, random acts of violence, not so random acts of violent violence that happens. So it's we are in a sad situation. But nevertheless, back in 2017, uh, starting or excuse me, the guy planned to kill the actor at the convention and possibly take out anyone else who might have gotten in the way during the Phoenix Comic Con appearance. Um, and it sounds like police said that there's the the guy whose name you know screw it Matthew Sterling. That's the guy's name. Cause okay. Whatever. Um, police said that Sterling had every intention of killing officers as well if that was what it was going to take to reach uh, the Power Ranger star, according to police. So they got into a, the police got into a struggle, they got him down, and they arrested him. So now I guess he's up for trial. Or, or now he's being sentenced, excuse me. His trial's already been had and he's been sentenced. So there are some, some not well people. I don't want to use, use crazy, but uh, there's some not well people in this world. And it's. Yep. It's really sad. Uh, next up. Speaking of the Power Rangers, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Power Rangers are getting another theatrical reboot, this time at Paramount and in a story that will take the concept back to its 1990s roots with bad hair and bad clothes. Uh, THR is reporting. <laughs> hot, hot shots fired. <laughs> THR is reporting Paramount Pictures is in early negotiations with filmmaker Jonathan Entwistle, Netflix's The End of the Effing World, to start over and call on the properties of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV past. Okay. So um, anyone who is looking for a refresher on uh, the Power Rangers past you should. I would definitely recommend the Toys That Made Us uh, docu series mm-hmm. on Netflix. The episode on the Power Rangers is pretty enlightening. I am not. That was post my um, fandom. Uh, you know, like I had. I I consciously chose not to jump in on that fandom. 
because it just didn't look very cool. So whatever. Hey, man, Power Rangers is whatever. Power Rangers. Oh, that was me. I know. I'm not, I know, I'm not I know. anyone else. William I Bruce West. Um, <laughs> um, but so I, I, would, I would. I would. I kid. No. So I would. I. I would also suggest. Well, not even suggest. But if you are familiar with Power Rangers and don't know the history of it, there is also the Super Sentai series. Which is the which is the long running series uh, that the Power Rangers is based off of, including uh, and especially Zero Rangers, uh, which is on ShopFactory.tv. You can go check out that series and a bunch of the other series coming going forward, and actually one that almost was Power Rangers. If you want the source material for a lot of that stuff, uh, because basically Power Rangers took a lot of the Japanese footage and just added. Um, uh, American actors and voiceover work to that stuff. It's quite enlightening some of that stuff because you you can see the differences, but you also see the similarities. Kind okay. of kind of amusing. And yeah, I don't know. I guess there was a lot about that last movie that people that was you know neither here. I still haven't seen it yet, but there were people who didn't care for it, and there were people who did. I don't know. So I don't know if it must. It may may not have done the numbers that Hasbro, aka Allspark Pictures, wanted it to have. Oh, excuse me. Uh, also, Allspark Pictures, which is their um, production company, who's doing this, uh, may not have done what they wanted it to do. Who knows? Next up, uh, well, actually, you took care of that also because yeah. Um, which I don't know why I have this in here twice. Um, yeah, the big three reboot will go back to the nineties. You've already said that, so we don't have to go that to that any further. Uh, Jason Isaacs wants racists to stop pretending to, pretending to be Star Wars fan, and I quite agree with him. But Star so, Trek fans. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, you can say that for any. Um, yeah. I was fandom, just. Looking, but, I was reading the story. I was like, "What?" Yeah, but specifically uh, in this case, Star Wars fans. So Jason Isaacs plays played. Um, uh, Captain Lorca in Discovery. And he plays Lucius Malfoy. He that is also the case. Yes. He also played the bad guy in The Patriot. Um, he's been okay. around. Yeah, he's definitely been around. So uh, he's and for what I've what little I've seen of him as Captain Lorca, he's he was pretty good. And granted, uh, like I haven't finished the first season of uh, of uh, Discovery yet for some odd reason. Um, but regardless, you know he he's he does his thing. Anyway, so it says here there's a lot of reasons that. Uh, well, basically, he was speaking to Radio Times about the Star Trek Discovery's upcoming uh, network broadcast debut in the UK, which, you know, it's on CBS out, uh, All Access here and Netflix and, and other places, not in the US. Um, he basically discussed the critical reaction to Discovery's debut season. The show placed a lot of criticism from many angles, whether it was Star Trek diehards nitpicking at the canonical retcons or reviews and critics engaging with the show's attempts to portray uh, morally murky federation at the time of conflict and how Cyclopea was educated. But basically, uh, Isaac says, um, let's see, uh, a particular vocal area of complaint among some quote-unquote fans was that, heaven forbid, a Star Trek show believed in progressive values, put a black woman front and center, which was the big thing I have seen, and engaged in, uh, in issues of social justice. Which is another big thing that yeah, I wish those people would die out. A Star Trek show? How dare they? But anyway, that's that was um, Isaac's. I don't know if there was a direct quote that he says in here, but they basically um, he basically goes on to 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 give his um his his opinions on that. 
including what was said in the uh, the title. And so next up. Next up. Star Trek Picard Season 2 will have a new showrunner. So, um, so first of all, there's, there's going to be a Star Trek uh, Picard Season 2. Right. I'm not sure um, if, we, if we covered that or not, or if that was even if that even came out before this. I guess I guess this is news for us now. Yeah. Michael Ch- Michael Ch- Chavon served as showrunner for the show's first season, but Chavon is shifting gears to work on the Showtime adaptation of his novel, The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, um, which was announced last week. So he's going to remain an executive producer on the second season, but the new showrunner is going to be. Did they name it yet? I guess Actually, not. I'm not sure if they. I don't think they did. Um, as a matter of fact, it says here CBS All Access has not officially renewed the uh, Star Trek Picard for a second season, which was another you know, thing. Um, but it, I don't see it here. If, All right. If they've, ne- they've named anybody yet. So, well, one, we'll stay tuned. We'll see if that actually happens. But apparently, if it does happen, somebody else will be in charge. Uh, two new Star Trek films officially in development because that train will not stop. Um, while speaking to investors at the UBS Global Technology Media and Telecommunications Conference, that's a mouthful, Viacom CBS uh, CEO Bob Beckish said that that's a name, said that there's two new Star Trek movies that are officially in development. The, the news may come as a bit surprised to Star Trek fans, including this person right here, uh, especially after the series history of diminishing returns of the box office, which it was not for that reason. It was because I believe Pine and Hemsworth was like, well, we were not going to come back because um, possibly money. I'm not sure. And there was also that other thing with um, um, Quint- Quentin Tarantino trying to do a Star Wars movie, so I don't, Star Trek movie. So I don't know if this, if this, if that one is one of the two. Uh, so who knows? And I guess I don't know. Maybe they didn't make as much as they, what they said they were, or what they thought they were. Who knows? But you know that franchise is not going away. So hey, surprise, surprise. Next up. All right, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths has a sly nod to NBC's Constantine series. Yay. So that was, um, you know, because uh, Constantine crossed over from NBC mm-hmm. to uh, CW Land. Which is sucks, because that was another show that kind of got, got killed after mm-hmm. the first season, and it ended on a cliff, uh, cliffhanger that, uh, as far as I know, has never been picked up again. And it was a good one, that I thought. So sad. Anyway, so I guess it was because they recast the character of uh, the Spectre, Jim Corrigan. Oh right, yeah, because there was a different Jim Corrigan on the NBC show, right? Oh, okay, I see. Because I didn't exactly read this. Yes, yes, yes. So basically, that was the case, and it was just a little nod to that. So that was cool. Uh, Stephen Amell describes Arrow versus greatest fight scene in Arrow's finale. So, you know, brand ambassador <laughs> Stephen Amell um, and told Collider, the coolest things that uh, I, I want to say, every stunt guy, more or less who's worked on the show, even guys that retired or are coordinating on Supergirl and Flash Legends, everybody came out. Everybody sold, wait, everybody sold out in terms of what's happening. That's a weird sounding sentence. 
uh, it's a sequence that um, I showed it to Robbie Amell, which is his cousin, and he's like, that was incredible. That's your cousin. Okay, sure. Uh, he had it, and I'm like, that was the first third of it. Keep watching. It goes, uh, it just goes, and it's a little superfluous, a little theatrical, just in terms of the amount of people I murder. It's what the fans deserve. So apparently... That basically just sound like he goes back to burst. He's at the fight scene where he just murders a bunch of people like he did in the first season. So I guess just you know, whenever this happens, it's going to be a lot in the end of it. Which sure. uh, wait, is it? I think it might have. No, it hasn't happened yet. Okay, that's right. Because I think they're on hiatus at this point. Uh, the Arrow season finale title Fade Out will air Tuesday, January twenty eighth. Okay. And it sounds like um, there's going to be the episode before it is going to be a backdoor pilot for the Birds of Prey uh, uh, show. Sounds like. Or whatever that ends up being. Next up. All right. uh, Spoilers for the Crisis on Infinite Earths um, (laughs) crossover and that um, the heroes of the Arrowverse were betrayed by one of their own. Spoiler, spoiler, when Lila Michaels, now Harbinger, was possessed by the Anti-Monitor and seemingly slew the Monitor. The Monitor's actor, LaMonica Garrett, uh, recently confirmed the character's death with a little help from the haunting cover of 1985's Crisis on Infinite Earths number four. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. I, yeah, that happened. Yeah, I'm and, and, and straight up, I'm going to try to, like, you know, read crisis at some point over this holiday season so are you gonna watch the crossover no i'm just gonna try to read the comic <laughs> Alrighty then um I, I, listen i've read bits and pieces i'm just like monitor anti-monitor i those i know i'm just like there's a harbinger too oh. well uh, well yeah in in given recent issues of justice league where those characters minus uh harbinger right you know, are back into the fold for what for However much time exactly. they had left. And, in, and they also had an infinite crisis, too. Right. You know, there's actually a bit in Doomsday Clock about this, about all the cri- the various crises. Yeah, that has come up a couple of times in the last year or two. Like, I think even Young Justice kind of mentioned, you know, I, I think that kind of solidified what right. the number of um, uh, crises there were in that uh, around that. So, yeah. That- and spoiler, right. And spoiler alert for Doomsday Clock number 12, there's actually a little bit in there about a secret crisis coming uh, in the future where Superman is fighting Thor and there's a green behemoth involved who's stronger than Doomsday. Hmm. I can't imagine who that would be. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, huh. things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. So, oh. well, yeah, especially there's some news that's coming up on that front. Well, not on that front, but on the, on the other side of that. Anyway, it's Crisis on Infinite Earths 7 Paragons, The Justice League. So apparently, uh, also spoilers for the part three of Crisis of Infinite Earth. So, um, there was a search for, for, well, the Monitor basically was working to prepare all of reality and hope destroyed the cosmic supervillain. According to him, there are seven heroes who stand a chance. Hero who he calls Paragons. Each represent a certain quality, be it truth, courage, hope, and the American way. That last part I added myself. Um... As it stands, the Paragons are the Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, White Canary, Martian Manhunter, Ryan Choi, and in a shocking twist, Lex Luthor. So basically everybody who has their own show, well, who is a part, either has their own show or a part of the show on, on the, in the Arrowverse, minus Arrow. Um, 
and of course Lex Luthor, who is being played by Ducky at this point, in the, <laughs> which still get kind of gets me. Um, yeah. So yeah, so against the there's rumor the where hey could that very well lead into a Justice League type situation in the Arrowverse? Not necessarily a show, but you know that kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see. Next up. All right. Um, Kyle. Spoiler alert again. Kyler Lee opens up opens up on. Is it Kyler Charler? What's that, Chyler? I'm not sure. Never mind. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. Chyler, Kyler, Lee opens up on uh, Supergirl's crisis and real life mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. For Kyler, Chyler. We uh, apologize for for wishing your name. I'm, you know. But... Right. If it's if it's neither one of those two, I'm apologizing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Either way. So definitely. Um... As long as it's one of them, I'm okay. <laughs> So yeah, so this is uh, she just plays um, um, Supergirl's uh, sister on Supergirl. Obviously, well, not obviously because you may or may not be watching the show, but um, and she's also been a part of uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So News of Rumor had the uh, opportunity to speak with Lee uh, while in while in this liminal state, and we asked her about Crisis and her own character's personal storyline. We also discussed her recent announcement to team up with Be Vocal, speak up for mental health. Uh, opening up about her journey with uh, mental health, and then the the rest of it goes on into the article with her about that. Okay. Um, Brandon Ralph, Ralph, Ruth, Ralph, Ralph. Um, had one demand in order to play Superman for Crisis, and that being he wanted to make sure that it was the same character, the same version of Superman, or at least similar enough to the character that he played in the movie. Or in Superman Returned. Um, he said, as we know now with different films and comic book storylines that have come out of these years, uh, there are different ways to approach the character. And he wanted to make sure that ideally it was the same character from Superman Returns. And if not, that it was still the same idea of who Superman is at his core. That was important to me because I wasn't necessarily in, interested in playing a different version, which we know he is playing the Kingdom Come version of Superman. So one would argue that's kind of different. But I don't, again, I've not read Kingdom Come, so maybe I might be slightly off on that. Because from, from what little I know of Kingdom Come, I feel like that's a different, slightly different character than the one he played in the movie. Um, it could be just another, you know, like you know, it could be a further evolution of the character. So yeah, there is that, and that that, that part was actually thought of, but because there was a picture of him. Um, actually, there's another article I don't, I didn't put in the thing, but there was a, another article of his Superman holding up the Supergirl Superman in a chokehold, and some people was like, yeah, that just kind of takes the bite out of that series that they're trying to do. So I don't know. Anyway, move right along. Alrighty, uh, Superman Red Sun. There is an exclusive trailer that has debuted for the DC animated movie. It is the 38th entry in the DC Universe original movies lineup. I have one. Uh, shocking enough, I have not read Super, uh, Red Sun Superman. I don't think I've read it all the way through. I've definitely flipped through it in the comic book store. Right. I, like I know what it's about, and I know you know I know some. I know a little bit about what it's about, or at least the, the premise of it, anyway. But um, so. You, I didn't, I didn't watch this trailer either. Speaking of Jason Irons, he's playing Kal-El. He's playing, um, yeah, he's playing old soups. Nice. 
Um, and a bunch of other characters, so most of which you will probably know and love. Um, I'm actually kind of wondering, because I know for a good while they were kind of doing, like, every every movie was kind of taking beats from the one before it. Like, they did Flashpoint, and then most every mo- all of the movies um, was going from there. And I think that's still the case, uh, with the exception of some side movies, I think. So I'm not sure if that was still the case. That was, and I say that because I was like, I wonder if it was good to catch up on some of that old stuff, just if that if that throughput is still there. So I don't know, but anyway, so I know a lot of people like Red Sun Superman. Um, it'll be out in 2020. Apparently, it's not the only one, but it's still the, the only one that's kind of came out now. And it's by the same people who did Rain of the Superman, uh, which was the previous one that just came out. Another thing about it, or the previous two that just came out, because it was Death of and Rain of. So cool. Next. Oh, this is me. Um, Patty Jenkins breaks down the sequel's 1984 significance. So I do believe we talked about last week that there was a trailer for uh, Wonder Woman 1984. And Patty Jenkins goes on to um, to mention why 1984. Which we won't get into, but if you want to read the article, go right on ahead. This is quite, it's actually interesting. So next. All right. Uh, speaking of Wonder Woman, about Wonder Woman 1984, Patty Jenkins reveals why Kristen Wiig was picked for Cheetah. Essentially, uh, Jenkins revealed during the Comic-Con experience panel in Brazil, Brazil, uh, Jenkins said, we were super fans of Kristen and we love how funny she is. But I've also seen a hu- been a huge admirer of what a great actress she is for a long time. So when we needed someone to go all the way from one end of the spectrum of being funny, sweet Diana's friend, all the way to a totally different place, we knew that Kristen Wiig would kill it. And she went beyond our wildest dreams. So let's hope that works out. Indeed, indeed. So, and yeah, she's, you know, there every now and then there's an offbeat pick for a character for something like, like we know a lot of people know Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live and the character she's played there. So it's not necessarily the first thing you would think about coming to something like this, but at the same time, it might be the best choice. Like we would have mm-hmm. never gotten uh, Michael Keaton as Batman if we kind of went over that. Think about that. Anyway, um, what about 94? Gal Gadot explains why she doesn't use her sword. Um, basically saying, if you have a sword, you mean to use it. And she kind of uh, breaks down that whole notion, which makes sense. And realistically, if you think about it, large swaths of, um, of um, Wonder Woman's time, she didn't have a sword. But there are some people out there who's like, well, you're taking the best thing away from Batman to Superman. Shut up. You didn't care nothing about that. <laughs> Just shut up. Why doesn't she use her sword? Um, she basically says, like I said, if you have a sword, you uh, you mean to use it. Or you need to basically it's like that old, that old adage of like, hey, if you're holding a gun, you better use it or, or mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. I understand. There's, I mean, there's a bit. I was actually, I was actually thinking about Thor just now, and there's a bit in this week's uh, King Thor number four about the purpose, you know, of of, of, of uh, the purpose of certain things. So right, that does come. It's it sort of comes up, but not really. Right, and basically she's just like, yeah, if you're using a sword, you you could appear weak. Like you, your strength is is in that weapon and not in yourself, kind of situation. But you'd have to read the article to get further clarification. And again, like I said, it, traditionally she's never needed it because she's had her fists and her lasso and her bracelets. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, it makes a good point. That's all I was saying about that. Birds of prey lands on rating, which like, surprise. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would have. I would been surprised. If, more surprised if this had came out of, to be a PG thirteen movie. So go figure on that. Um, but yeah, and it is an R rating for. Does it say here? Um, it doesn't say here, but I thought it just went ahead an article as to why. And it also points out the this article points out that the other movies that have had R ratings, R ratings being The Punisher, Blade, and Deadpool. So, yeah, that was an article I saw that did have reasons for it, but you can kind of sort of guess as to why there would be an R rating in 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 a Birds of Prey movie, especially with Harley Quinn involved. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I was about to say we we're uh, don't neglect the fact that uh, Harley Quinn is in this movie. So yeah, exactly. So use your imagination on that one. Next up. Next up, Warner Brothers' Wild E. Coyote film drops an anvil on a director. Um, the movie has found its director, according to Variety. Dave Green will direct Coyote vs. Acme, a live-action animation hybrid film centered around the Looney Tunes' Prairie Wolf, who is best known for chasing his nemesis Roadrunner. Acme is the name of the corporation that provides Coyote with his arsenal, although none of the weapons have helped Coyote succeed in his crusade. I mean, he's not wrong. Yep. You know, one of these days. Actually, there might have been a cartoon that kind of like, yeah, he got he finally got what he wanted, but whatever. Anyway, so that's, I guess that's a weird one to come out. Mm-hmm. But, sure. Um, oh, wait, why is that there? I don't know. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie wraps filming, and we get the cast reaction. Mortal Kombat! Oh, anyway. Uh, first reported by comic book actor Ludi Lin, who's playing Liu Kang in the film, took to Twitter to celebrate the ending of the film. And then you, they cut to uh, his Twitter and uh, video, the his Twitter and the subsequent video in question. Um, then the article goes on to say, you know, basically a breakdown of who's playing who and what and some other tweets surrounding that. So, yeah, folks, it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat reboot is coming. Of course, I hear a good thing about Mortal Kombat 11, which is a sad thing, but, you know, hey, I'm not an MK fan. Um, did you see that? But on side note, did you see that cosplay um, that I tweeted for uh, Chun-Li? The bodybuilder? Yes. Someone else, I, I did not see yours, but I did okay. see someone else. But you did see it, yeah. And I was frightened by it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was because of the meme itself that frightened me more. Uh, okay, yeah, she, hey, look, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Goodness gracious. If she, yeah, if she if she did spinning bird kicks, I would not be surprised, like, for Mm-mm-mm. real. So she was, she's a, she's a well-built lady. Um, anyway, back to the, back to action. Yeah, up um marvel's runaways the cast on what they're most looking uh forward to this season i have watched the entire season it's only 10 episodes Mm. yeah i haven't i have yet to uh to do it i am all caught up on runaways um it's streaming it's good oh that's right because you have wait so i know they have the first season on disney plus no no disney plus right but i know they have both the seasons on Hulu, so I don't know. At some point, the second season is probably going to come over to Disney Plus because I don't have Hulu. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I will probably end up catching up at some point. Yeah, it was released like like late last week, and I I caught up on it over the weekend. Right. Huh. 
Cool. So I can take the next one too. Go for um, it. You know, mild spoilers of, of, of <clears throat> Runaways. Um, Runaways embraces Zavin's comic book roots with Clarissa Thibault. So yeah, they're definitely there. Don't want to spoil. Oops, sorry. Ooh, Yo, we'll find out in a minute. Okay. It's autoplay, huh? Yeah, sucks. Gotcha. It's okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much about about the or the comic book origins of Zavin, but um, they mean, definitely mm-hmm. put the character's origin into play. In, um, she's in, tied to one of the Runaways in, in a way, and com- and fans of Runaways know it already. So just mm-hmm. saying that name enough is pretty much enough to to you know get yep. people sparked. So cool. Yeah, my my sincere hope, and this is just a, a quickie tangent. My sincere mm-hmm. hope is that uh, Kevin Feige win. He reviews the hits and misses of Marvel television, sees Runaways as a hit, mm. and, and maintains. Well, I've heard good thing about good, good things about Cloak and Decker also, but I have not right. seen you know. Oh, they do. They do have a nice cameo in. Um, you know, they have a guest appearance in one of well, the yeah, episodes. Yeah, they do a crossover. Yeah, right. They do one uh, guest appearance, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but definitely, I think Runaways was a hit. I think Cloak and Dagger could probably stand to be rejiggered just a little bit, but I think they've already gotten the awkward part of the story down, and I think they could maintain the um, the two leads mm-hmm. and, 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 and redo it in a different setting, and I think they would be perfectly fine. So I, that's my personal plea to uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios when it comes to the remains of what is beh- left behind by Marvel Television. Understood. Um, WandaVision reveals first look at adult Monica Rambo in new set photos. So, yeah. Ooh, I read. Ooh, I read this. Ooh, there's spoilers. Ooh, there's teasers. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yes, indeed. So I won't go too much farther than, than that. And oh, well, it's also uh, sword is probably going to be a, it looks like it's going to be a thing in WandaVision. But if yeah, I am going there to, it is. yeah, uh, I am also going to take uh, the next one that is related because another character, uh, apparently may be confirmed to uh, appear on the show, and that one will be. Agatha Harkness, because where there's Scarlet Witch, there's Agatha Harkness. I was about to say that's not that big a uh, a surprise, but I guess if you're not familiar with the Scarlet Witch and the Vision's history, right? You know, yeah, and they're they're usually all tied, you know, together. Now the question would be: It was more of a surprise that Monica Rambeau's in this show rather than Agatha Harkness. Let's well, that is absolutely true, but actually, that but I mean, that's not that's. Well, there was speculation of that news prior to this, but you know, this kind of confirms a little bit more on that front. Um, but yeah, because they, like, they've said that she was probably gonna, you know, be a part of it, but it's like it was just weird that she, that that's the case, especially given what the show is supposed to be, whatever it is, in, you know, at the end of it. So, but now the question I have is: Is it gonna be old school act of the Harkness, or is it gonna be this newer version? That is the real question. It's a good question. Or it may be a little bit of both. We don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, considering the track record that Marvel Studios has trying to update some of these characters, if there is an ultimate version or if there is a new version, they'll probably combine the two. Right. Like you could start off with the old version and then just like, oh, poof, she's back in as the newer version. So next up. 
Alrighty, next up, uh, Kumail Nanjiani's workout to get ripped for Marvel's <laughs> Eternals revealed. So yeah, Kumail Nanjiani dropped um, an Instagram post of himself like completely shredded. Yeah, he's got like crazy vascularity around his uh, <laughs> biceps and like you know uh, multiple sets of abs. Yeah. He's like totally you know like he totally took the Chris Pratt treatment. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Level. He actually went to the next level, I think. But I don't like. But the thing is, I don't remember what. We don't know what he looked like. I mean, we don't really know what Chris Pratt looked like other than being chunky. Well, we know he was kind of slubby. We do. There was pictures of him as you know. There were, as a matter of fact, when he got ripped, there was there were pictures, side by side pictures. But basically, it was his pictures of his character from Parks and Rec and. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I remember Kumail Nanjiani from The Big Sleep. Right, and I don't remember him being kind of schlubby, but I definitely don't remember him being jacked. No, he wasn't. He was not ripped. He was kind of, kind of well, just thinnish, you know, yeah, for what you can tell. But guy, no, right? yeah, so yeah, but so that came out, and then um, it hit the old social media, and of course, people were like, "Oh, he's using steroids." Which shut up. Um, but there was, really? also, yeah, there was some of that that kind of happened. But regardless, the, the the other thing that kind of made the rounds was uh, Shang Chi Eternals star picture and MCU crossover with their red bodies. So you know, Kumail Nanjiani's uh, picture was um, shown alongside Simu Liu. Actually, I think it was Simu Liu who uh, put the picture out, or who who um, who started it. And basically, if you're watching the video, you can see the tweet in question. It's like Harold and Kumar go to Planet Fitness. Oh, that that was really funny. Yeah, and then you see, uh, um, you know, somebody else's tweet and the pictures of them two with their, you know, with their with their absences Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So, and that got a lot of that got a lot of rounds, uh, including obviously from a lot of women. But you know, hey, Mm -hmm. just just in general. So, good for them. Yeah. Hey, you know. uh, know, Next up, the New Mutants movie. Uh, has who's swearing that it's going to be released in 2020? Uh, Ch- Charlie Heaton of um, from Stranger Things assured fans at um, a convention in Manchester, England, called for the love of sci-fi. He assured fans the film would finally be released in 2020, attributing the delays to Disney's acquisition of Fox, which finalized earlier this year. On another note, that's probably not the that not the only thing that was right, anything, not the sure. entirety of it, right? <laughs> I was just going to say that um, in an, on another note, um, Bill Sienkiewicz was a guest on uh, Fat Man Beyond okay. this week with um, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. And uh, Sienkiewicz basically said that he had seen the movie and he was uh, pretty jazzed by it. So, Right, because they're still, as far as we know, with the reshoots and everything that may or may not have happened, I think they were doing Demon, the Demon Bear storyline. Right. So... And that is probably one of their more classic um, storylines. So we'll see how that turns out, if and or when it ever comes out. <laughs> um, next up, uh, 50 Cent bringing League of Black Superheroes to Kibi, Kibi with Trill League. So apparently uh, there's a TV adaptation that Fiddy's doing uh, of the Trill League comic book, which I've known about name, but never seen anything on. 
Um, and this upcoming streaming service, Kibi, I've heard a couple of things about because there's another thing that's going to that that I've heard something about, but I've never heard of it until this story came out. Anyway, first reported by Deadline, the show is based on writer-artist Anthony Piper's self-published series of the same name, which launched in 2015. And uh, quote-unquote, in an era of social injustice and internet trolls, a league of black superheroes, Tra League, is tasked with saving the world from monsters, supervillains, and haters of all kinds. Read the, the show's description. Get ready for this remixed edition for, of your favorite superheroes as the series satirizes modern uh, American social uh, society. Wait, so I haven't seen the show, but I feel like there's a Boondocks parallel you could probably make from this. I don't know if that's the case, the case or not. So if I'm wrong, I'm probably wrong. But I'm intrigued, I guess. Next up. American God star Orlando Jones on getting screwed over and speaking out. So he had held his tongue for months about being let go from American Gods, the mm. Stars TV show. Yes, and um, you know, and he 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 did not comment on his departure, how on how his departure was handled by producer Fremantle Media and the Stars Network. Mm. But uh, he told Variety, "I'm sorry." Until recently. Right. So, but he told Variety recently that he finally decided to stand up for himself and set the record straight on why he won't be seen in season three and how he feels he was disrespected by not getting the full truth for months, time that he could have spent working on other projects. So he assumed that uh, someone would have said that he wasn't going to be in season three, but, uh, and, and he assumed that someone would have reached out, but no one did. And, um, uh, Orlando, Orlando Jones decided to come clean about his experience and um, uh, I guess there's more to it in the story. There is very much more to the story because I've been seeing a little bit on this on, free, uh, on the social media. There is a podcast that is in the show notes um, in the clickbait section, I believe, if you're so interesting, from the Blurred Girl. Shout out to her. I don't know her personally, but whatever. With Orlando Jones about that, the you know, about the firing in his own words. But basically it boils down to the showrunner of the show decided that um, this is not what... That, that character and the voice that that character has is not right for the show. So if you know anything about his character and what that character is representing and the showrunner who is, and this is kind of an important point, not black saying that the voice of the character who is black is not needed. Matter of fact, it does, it does actually say here, let me see at some point. Yes, it says here, um, at some point I got to say something he said so I repeated what they had said all I can say is what I was told and what I was told is was angry get shit done is the wrong message for black America and that the new showrunner Chick Eagley writes from a black male perspective and again he's not black which got the internet kind of rightly fired up for very you know for reasons um, and it's also worth noting that, well, it may or may not be worth noting, but Orlando Jones is not, this is basically mirroring, uh, something else that happened with, um, Sleepy Hollow cause he got fired from that. Not for the same reason, obviously, but for some various dubious reasons that he got let go of the show just out of the blue. That show ended up going off the air, by the way, this, they're expecting the same to happen to this one. And on that note, I'll go ahead and take the second one. Um, American Gods, uh, Kayen Kim, not returning 
uh, for season, season three, and Crispin Glover moves to guest star. So basically, two more people are, who are not going to be on the show. Um. Oh, but yeah. So according to this article, Crispin Glover is going to return, but as a guest star, and like I said, this other person, um, is not going to be on the show. So, like, sounds speculatively like the show's kind of going downhill fast. For whatever okay. reason. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. J.J. Abrams had the un. Wait, is, is that me? Uh, that's, I think that is you. Me. Yeah, that is you. Stupid autoplay. Yeah, no, I hate it. It's it's. Ugh. So anyway, uh, it next didn't up. even start right away, so I couldn't kill it right away. I was yeah. like, what happened? How big? Next up. All right. Next up is last up. Netflix orders new He-Man uh, CG animated series. So it looks like Netflix is all in with the He-Man franchise, and uh, good for them. Mm-hmm. I believe there's. I saw an article recently. Like there's going to be. A, there's absolutely. There's going to be another one, and I'm not sure if it's besides this one, or is this the one. Kevin Smith one? Yes, this is the Kevin Smith one. But I saw some, and, and I meant to to get that article, but I didn't get a chance to before the show. But yeah, it sounds like either this is that second one they're talking about, and the original one was the first one, which I don't think that's the case. Um. Oh, wait. Uh, here we go. Along with Smith's project, rumors recently surfaced that Netflix could acquire Sony's live-action adaptation of He-Man. However, Netflix has yet to confirm it, so there is possibly another He-Man in live-action form could be out there somewhere. Yikes. Um, before we go into the... Um, oops. Before we go into the comic book news... I would like to um, bring up the f- the fact that in Age of Seventy, I believe you've seen this because I showed it to you, uh, and we've talked about it before, which is the noise you heard earlier in that there is a um, full gadget-filled race from the new Fast and Furious animated show. Um, I was going to put it in the article uh, in the, the lineup, but I apparently either didn't or I must have erased it one of the two. Um, but yeah, there's a clip for from the show, and I'm I'm not sure. I I, I see what it is, but I'm s- still not sure what did, what this is. Mm-hmm. So did you actually watch it? No, I've been kind of holding off. I, I wanted to stay mostly positive heading into Star Wars. I mean, it's not it's, it's not a, well. Well, wait, what does it have to do with this though? <laughs> saying i just I, I didn't want to be brought down i know that's fair well actually so i would say it's in like it's only a race and like yeah there's a little bit of you know a little bit of something that is and i can i can understand your your thinking on this and sure i i totally can because yeah because watching it, it was like huh this is interesting but at the same time it is still it is definitely um for the kids i'll just say that Mm-hmm. So yeah. But anyway, that is out there. You can go check that out. Um and also before we get into the um the news, because actually that that Fast and Furious thing kind of plays into the, the, the first article, sorta, kinda, not really. Um it is worth notice that March solicits are out, so some of this news um is going to be from that. So going into that, uh um, right. which no granted outside of this first one. Fast and Furious Crossroads game process, uh, promises heists and bro hugs in May. 
I think that was me. That was definitely you. I think I opened up the article to to watch it later, and it started playing on its own. Yeah, so. it did. That's what happened to me earlier. So that late. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's because I hate autoplaying. Um, I was about to say, I think I was more excited uh, for the uh, for the Top Gun trailer that came out this past week. Yeah, which I still haven't uh, watched because uh, oh, it's a lot of fun. Actually, I take it back. I did watch it. I did watch it. I'm, I'm lying about that. I did absolutely it's watch fun. it. Yeah, it just looks good. I don't know if I'll actually watch the movie, but I'm I am definitely intrigued. Uh, but anyway, so there's going to be a Fast and Furious video game, folks. There have been a few in the past, I should, that's worth noting. Um, so the Game Awards happened this past week. In fact, the last time we recorded, um, pretty sure it was happening that night. As a matter of fact, it was happening that night. And this was one of the trailers for that. And Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez was there to show the trailer, to, to, to debut the trailer. And... I don't know. I don't know if Michelle was high or something, but that was kind of it was kind of amusing when that happened. But regardless, the trailer was shown and people, um, yeah, people online had a lot of fun with this because they basically uh, likened it to PS2 graphics and it kind of does. Oh no! Yeah, the game doesn't look that great. But actually, and it's, now granted, it comes out in May, so they do have some time to do some fine tuning of it. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't looking too. Too swift, and I and I say that has because the last Fast and Furious related game that I played was a Forza game. They did a little thing for in between one of the movies, or whatever. But it was Forza, but it just had some you know Fast and Furious skin skin stuff on it. It's a racing game with a racing engine. It was good. This one, it's it's a doozy. Anyway, you can go check that out if you are so inclined. It'll be here in May. <laughs> And oh, I, and I was gonna say there was another movie-related uh, one called Showdown that was between five and six, I believe. That one also was not that great. It was not great looking, and I'm pretty sure they didn't play that well either. So I don't have great hopes for this one, but we'll see. But yeah, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson are will replies reprise their roles in said video game. Okay. Uh, also, so. Yeah. Next. All right. Next up, The Wolf Among Us 2 is back in development for the Xbox console. Yay. Yeah. I guess. Well, we, I would like to think we kind of had a little bit of, actually, well, not on this one, but we had a little behind the scenes. Behind. But yeah, so basically, Telltale, who folded under dubious means, and I, I, I want to say screw them for this, but they're kind of back, but also at the same time, it's not them doing it fully. So Skybound Games, I think, has taken up. Oh, excuse me, pardon me, um, has taken up the mantle, which I think that's something they kind of been wanting to do. Um, but yeah, they're putting a lot of, uh, not only putting out Wolf Among Us 2, but they're also putting out some, the older stuff uh, again. So it's good, but it's bad because a lot of people got taken out of work uh, behind the that uh, the closing of that studio, and it was, it was terrible. So I don't know how this is going to do, but I know, and there are also fans who are like, I don't care about anything. They just want this, so, which is another sad state of affairs. But that's gaming for you. Um, next up, the Silver Server reveals an intimate new superpower. We kind of already talked about this, sorta. Um, but he's intangible now, and uh, he, like we said earlier when we were talking about um, annihilation, he basically shared his body with uh, Bob Brentle, Reynolds, the, the, the uh, century. It was, um, which is not the first time. Cause I believe it was uh, uh, a silver surfer when he first did it. 
and w- where this first came out. And, you know, he spent the better half of since then like this, mm-hmm. which, yeah, weird. I don't know. Next. Alrighty. Uh, we spoke about this already in this week's Avengers issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers reveals Galactus. Three former heralds of Galactus uniting to stop Cosmic Armageddon in the form of the star brand. We three heralds, whatever, whatever, whatever. Anyway, hey, it's Christmas time. You can do that. Uh, so, yes, uh, Silver Surfer, the not-so-Silver Surfer, Fire Lord, and Terex uh, all are banding together to find the star brand for whatever I'd read. Well, to basically, just, I guess, to snuff it out. Um, all I think it was, where's Frankie Ray? That was the first thing I thought when I saw them. Nova. Yeah. But I thought she was dead. No, she's not dead. She is definitely not dead because she has shown up within the last, say, four or five years. Definitely. And she oh. is not dead. That works. Yeah. Um, the Mighty, the, excuse me, the, the Avengers teases Earth's mightiest villain. So we kind of alluded to this earlier forming a new right. team. Um, and I said, when I saw this article, I'm like, well, this is something that's never happened before. Surely the distinguished competition has never had anything like this happen ever. Which, you know, so basically uh, the likes of Mephisto. As a matter of fact, heck, even in Marvel, because like, if, if you think about a specific run of, um, uh, the, if, you know, of um, the Avengers in the past. But anyway, um, Hyperion, Ursa Major, Namor. Dracula, Mephisto, Nighthawk. Which Nighthawk wound is kind of a weird one, given his most recent. Um, but then again, I don't. This is this may or may not be the same one from that um, David Walker series, anyway. So, but they will all come together based on their new mutual hatred of the Marvel Universe's premier super team, according to this article. Um, if you're watching the video, you have seen the cover. Again, Mephisto 1 is getting around, and I feel like this is going to have Shades of Siege at some point. Oh, wait, there's somebody else I'm missing. Um, um, the the red figure, whose name is um, escaping me, also from Russia, because she's basically over the Russian uh, super soldiers thing. The red figure? I yes. Can't see. If you're watching oh, that. The yeah. Red Widow. Is it Red Widow? I don't yeah. That doesn't sound like it was her name, but yeah. Regardless, regardless. So basically, as we said earlier with Avengers, there's there are plot points that are coming back. Uh, actually, a few com- plot points that are coming together, coming back together. Because these are because the Namor thing kind of happened separately from the Dracula thing and the and the uh, Squadron Supreme thing and the Russian thing. So now this, they're all gonna come together like some Legion of Doom. Mm. And Mephisto's gonna have a hand in it, which again. There's got to be something going on with that Mephisto thing because he's shown up way too many places for it not to be, but I'm, you know, beating that horse dead at this point. Um, moving right along. I would. Um, trying to... Uh, whatchamacallit? I, I, uh, I made the mistake of um, changing my view of... Uh, Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Of the... Uh, the window with our video on it so i had to change back um iron man spoiler alert tony stark goes old school classic armor for ultron agenda this was in last week's issue Mm. yes so this is leading up this is leading into wait i thought it was this week's issue oh is it this week's issue 19 
Oh, well, that's the last issue of this run uh, leading into 2020. I, I know that he jumped into the old school armor in the end of last week, uh, end of the previous issue. That's Got what it, it is. Okay, so yeah, so basically going into this issue. So yeah, the, yeah, we didn't talk about it because neither one of us read it yet. Um, yep. So which way, which armor was it? Um, Was it the classic? Oh, uh, Clark armor. Yeah, the classic 80s armor. No nose. Okay. That was like Simosuturia, maybe, but no. Nah. Oh, before that, the classic yeah, yeah. armor. Mark uh, two, whatever. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Just before the Silver Centurion. Gotcha. The classic one. The one with the roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, so yeah, that's the thing that happened. I need to catch up on the series, I guess, because I'm slightly interested in what the 2020 things. Speaking of, Rescue returns to battle Marvel's Iron Man 2020. So Pepper Potts is going to be suited up again. Um, again, this is coming out of March Solicit, so, yep. And you can see the uh, cover. Yep. Uh, if you're watching the video. Which, hey, guess what? Watch the video sometimes. Good stuff. Next. So, spoiler alert for this week's uh, Spider-Man number three from J.J. Abrams and Sarah Pacelli. Um, it introduces um, Iron Man's replacement, the young superhero Ironheart again, uh, to Abrams' version of the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I guess Abrams found out about it. Whatever. Uh, speaking of that said, um, Spider-Man, Abrams and Pacelli Spider-Man finale pushed back 11 weeks. It's not as bad as Tuesday. <laughs> no, not quite as bad. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, Abrams at this point is a busy man, and and even though it's his son's uh, thing, I'm sure he's, you know, yeah, he's probably got a strong hand in it. Exactly. So Marvel has informed retailers that Spider-Man number five, the finale of J.J. Abrams, Henry Abrams, and Sarah Pacelli's alt reality limited series, has been postponed in three months. Uh, originally solicited for January 29th, the final issue is now set for uh, April 15th. Oof. And I know one Tim Dog ninety eight who's probably already aware of this is I don't know how he feels about it, you know, given that it was this particular week. And I believe was the last couple of times, but I'm not sure. Yeah. One would postulate that he might like this series. I have not read it. Don't know. Spider Woman gets surprised. Oh wait, I was about to say, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think this is my story because <laughs> I have some feelings about this. Do it. Spider-Woman gets a surprise redesign for her new ongoing, and it's ugly as sin. <laughs> I think Dave Johnson is responsible for this monstrosity, and I, don't I understand the aesthetic he's going for, but it's ugly. Ugly! <laughs> oh, it's awful. Oh, so it is oh, a... So it is a sp- oh, oh, seriously, shots fired. Oh, so- Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. bad. Um, so 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 if you're watching the video, you can see the so you can see the suit in question, which looks like a mix of um Spider-Man's black costume with um the top of Spider-Man's uh the shoulders of of Spider-Man's costume oh, mixed bad. with a little bit of yellow from her old costume from her you last costume. A, you have a web page that has the character sheets on it. Uh, so what? The character sheets. The there is an article out there that contains the character sheets. You know, the front, back, oh. and side views of the yeah, costume. yeah. The the artist uh, sketches of it. The, exactly. I don't have it, but no. But I mean, well, actually, wait a minute. I, 
if it's in that story, you just have to scroll down. Yeah, but I say here, yeah, you go. So if you watch that the video, you're seeing it better than that than that promo image, but it's still ugly as sin. It's not that bad. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. I love the um the the suit jacket, you know, the little jacket uh, outfit that she had. It was all right. Yeah, I thought that was like a really cool design. This is just bad. I missed the classic one. Actually, there's there's shades of superior. It's more akin to superior Spider-Man suit, I guess. Yeah, it's as a mix of yeah, it's a mix of the aesthetic from Superior and Miles. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad, but yeah. Oh, it's, it's, oh man, it's do bad. Oh, it's bad. Shoot it dead. Anyway, Marvel Spider-Man script book. Uh, so basically, the there is a script book for the PS4 video game uh, Spider-Man. Uh, so if you are a fan of the art... And, uh, well, not the art, excuse me, the, the story of that said Spider-Man game, which is a good game, by the way, if I hadn't said so many times before, it will be released January 29th on hardcover. Um, does it have any... Yeah, that's pretty much that, you know, there's not really much else to say about it. So, yeah. Cool. Go check it out if you're so inclined. My one gripe about that whole thing is, like, he has on shoes. How in the world is he... You know what? Never mind. I'm not going to go back on that again. That's another thing for another time. So you get the good news. Okay. Uh, The good news. Where am I? Good news, good news, good news. Still searching for the good news. Meet Amulet, the newest superhero coming to Miss Marvel number 13 in March 2020. Okay. So um, it's going to be supersized assist for uh, Kamala Khan in uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel number 13 coming to comic shops in March. So it's going to be a brand new character called Amulet, a.k.a. Fadi. What's this name? Fadi Fadiala. Sure. Is coming to Jersey City from the Midwest, from the Midwest. And he's bringing some. Uh, massive superpowers with them. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's worth noting that uh, Amulet was co-created by uh, Saladin Ahmed and popular Jordanian American illustrator Sarah Alfagi. Uh, Alfagi, I apologize if I'm screwing up your name, but I have definitely seen that name and uh, some of her work on Alfagi. Um, Alfagi. Yeah, that's probably that sounds right. Um, but. Um, I have seen a lot of her work on social media, so that's that's cool. And I know she's she's pretty geeked out about it from her tweet. And uh, even um, uh, Sana Aminat, you know, gave gave praise to it. And so, and and uh, G Willow Wilson also was was excited about it. So so that's okay. cool. So yeah, she was the one who did the 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 uh, design for for um, Amulet, along with uh, Salad Aminat. And you can see the said character sheet, um, you know. At the bottom of the article, or if you are watching this, um, watching the video, I kind of wonder since that thing with the suit, I, I don't think that's the case, but um, because we, if you see what this color cover, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala is back to her old suit, and we do know that the new suit's kind of um, has taken life of its own at this point, so I'm kind of wondering if that has something to do with this or not, which I'm thinking probably not. But we'll find out when that happens in March. Next up. <clears throat> you got next. Uh, Kurt Busiek's... Wait. Let me make sure that's the right one. I'm pretty sure it is, but... 
Yes. Kurt Busiek's Marvel Snapshots launches with the Submariner. So, um, Kurt Busiek is assembling an amazing aggregation uh, of talent for Marvel Snapshots. And this is basically, it says, uh, this March, prepare to see the greatest moments of Marvel's 80-year history told like never before in Marvel Snapshots industry-level legend, Kurt Busiek, will bring together incredible creative teams for eight standalone double-sized issues showcasing Marvel's most beloved characters from the Golden Age to today. Um, so basically, it's something like Marvel's, uh, according to this... Um, According to this article, article, so and as you can see, there's a, the, I guess that's the first couple that's starting off with uh, Submariner. Um, and actually, I will go ahead and take the second one because it is, um, it is also related. Okay. Um, Durkin and Durkin and Dyer visit Johnny Storm's high school reunion in Marvel's Snapshot Fantastic Four. So you know, after the announcement of Marvel Snapshots, uh, this is I guess this is the second. Well, this is the second creative team that is um, has been announced for this project. Uh, Dork and Cheese, Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer. Yes. And uh, if I didn't mention, I think uh, Alan Brennett and Jerry Ordway are, I believe, were doing that. Um, the um, the uh, the first one with Sabrina, I think. Anywho. So yeah, some TV folk are doing um not TV folk, actually one of the TV folk. But regardless, hey, guess what? You gotta get in some kind of way. Uh, and uh Yeah, that's the thing. Moving right along. Did you read this book, Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren number one? Uh, came out- it came out this week and I didn't I get a chance for it. And I didn't uh, as a matter of fact, um Star Wars Empire Ascendant, which is the bridge between the last version, the last uh, volume of Star Wars and the next one coming up, came out this weekend. I didn't get a chance to read either one of them. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to sit down and read that too. Yeah, and this one's kind of particularly interesting because of what it has in it, which is right, which is uh, basically a review of the last thirty years of Star Wars history between. Um, the fall uh, between the Battle of Endor and um, and basically what happens in the Force Awakens, uh, covering where uh, where where we got uh, all this stuff happening to Kylo Ren. Right. So we've basically we finally find out uh, where the hell the Knights of Ren come from. Mm-hmm. They didn't really say that much about the, the in the movie outside of the fact that they were a thing and brought them up. And they are, well, I was about to say something. But yes, um, we we see where they come from, all, along with some other things uh, around. Uh, and apparently, yeah, as it says here, Ren is both a name and a way of life, which I guess is true because it doesn't say they never said anything about that in the movie. Moving right along, um, Marvel's Death, uh, Darth Vader will introduce a face from Anakin's past. So this is also coming from the solicits. Um, wait, are they bringing Padme back? Uh, in the wake of shocking revolution, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Darth Vader continues his quest for revenge against everyone who who hid his son Luke from him. But when his search takes him deep into his past, he discovers a hauntingly familiar face that will challenge everything he knows. I'm going to 
take a stab that it's probably Padme, especially given that this uh, weird uh, cover of her <laughs> is is being shown here. So, yeah. I guess it makes sense in some kind of way. Next up. Okay, next up. So you did the past. Marvel opens the door to a new magical saga with Strange Academy. We talked about this before, but now it's in the yeah. Now it's in the solicitations that because it was announced by the AP, right? We had this story before. We probably did. I wasn't sure. That's why I put it back in here. All right, Strange Academy is going to launch this March as a new ongoing series helmed by um, Scotty Young and uh, Umberto Ramos. That's a good uh, creative team right there. And yep. they're going to be um, bringing together a new class of students from Earth, Weird World, Asgard, and the Dark Dimension and beyond to learn how to control their gifts in the mystic arts under the tutelage of Dr. Strange, Brother Voodoo, the Brother Voodoo. The Ancient One, Scarlet Witch, Magic, Hellstrom, and all of Marvel's most uh, iconic magicians. Where is Professor Dumbledore? Um, right. <laughs> and apparently Zelma Staten is going to be there too, for sake, which is there also great. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited for this because, I mean, I mean, obviously the X-Men have had a similar type book. I don't think this is going to stick around that long. I have a strange feeling, but I do. I am curious to see what this is going to be. So long as they play something that looks like Quidditch. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm afraid that might actually happen. Although this is one dude out here looks like Quentin Quire, and I'm not happy about that. I know it's not him, but... Or is it? I don't know. Like, where's Nico? Like, she's got to show up, right? That's a good point. I mean, she might might drop out. Oh, wait, she's... Yeah, because she's right here on the... I guess there's a trailer for it, so... Magic shows out from the X-Men, uh, Talisman. There's Nico right there, Scarlet Witch, and, and um, Hellstrom. Oh, as a teacher. Ooh. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, that's what I was wondering about that. So cool. Like I said, that, that sounds interesting. Um, X-Force, number seven, recruits Oscar Basildua. I apologize right. if I screwed up your name. As new artists. Um. So he is replacing uh, Joshua Casera as artist of February 12th, X-Force number 7. Uh, Basil Duel, Duel is coming into X-Force after a long run on Loki. Okay, that's why I've seen that name before. And two issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Casera mm-hmm. has drawn all the X-Force issues so far and is scheduled to return. For, oh, he's coming back. That's good. Yeah, for issue number 8. No he's reason doing a for good this job page. on the book. That's why. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I like Casera this book yeah he's been doing some good work on her um but marvel hasn't given any reason for the change so yeah. which that seems to be a thing that happens more lately than not uh next up all right so um apparently x-men and x-force solves house of x's a big wolverine mystery so we alluded i alluded to this earlier um in talking about it because i know you haven't read it yet okay so um yeah, we'll leave it at that. So I kind of alluded to it earlier. And, um, if you so that's this week's X-Force? Huh? Yes. That's this week's X-Force. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to read that right away. Yeah. But yeah, I, I alluded to that earlier, so we don't have to go go back on that. Um, so Shi'ar, Brood, Starjammers, coming to Earth in March's X-Men. Which, not that big of a surprise. Where's Brew? I mean, we know where Brew is, but... <laughs> 
He's oh, hanging wait. out with Actually, it's kind of funny. Um, I, just, I just said that. It says March's uh, X-Men and number eight and nine. The Shearer and the, the Imperial Guard, the Brood, the Star Jammers are all coming to Earth. The Shearer and the Star Jammers have both been featured in Jonathan Hickman's X-Men book earlier this year, which is true. But this marks the Brood's Dawn of X debut. Um, albeit the appearance by the X-Men's Brood on the cover teases some connection there. Good. Yeah. And we know Brew's been with uh, is with uh, agents of uh, Wakanda, so we know he's around, right? And all of these characters have been in the ca- in the cosmic books and even in the Avengers books right now. So yeah, and the X books uh, also because you know we've seen them in no shortage of places recently. Um, so I all guess right. that so I guess that's the reason why the X Men why why the New Mutants come back into space because it's the first line here says the X Men the New Mutants jot into space to bring back co-founder Cannonball to into their uh, titular title will result in the X Men side of the Cos- Marvel Cosmic uh, coming to Earth in what the publishers call intergalactic trouble. Intergalactic planetary. Okay, so that's so. So that brings me to something I was gonna say on social media, and this is not so much of a spoiler, but some would probably consider it one. Uh, And I was just going to say, you can say what you want to say uh, about, you know, Rise of the Skywalker, good or bad, but at least he didn't put um, um, sabotage. Into, he didn't get into the movie somehow. Yeah, he didn't. Like, granted, he does have a character that is, uh, um, um, which I don't remember if that character even showed up in this one. Now that I think about, it. but he did put a, a character that was uh, Beastie Boys influenced into the Marvel Cinema that is now Canima. Uh, excuse me, it's the Star Wars uh, universe that is now canon. Um, but yes, there was no intergalactic plague and no sabotage. And I'm looking at you, Star Trek. <laughs> Which happened in not one but two back to back movies. No, they weren't back to back. They were the first one and the third one, right? Uh, wait, no, wait. Actually, you know, you might be right. Actually, yeah, you're right. Because yeah, because the first one, it wasn't in con. Yeah, you're right. You are. You're absolutely right. Now that I think about it, so it wasn't back to back because yeah, it was the first one. He was a kid, and then it came up later on in, in the third one, which I still like those movies. But yeah, they're fun. All back to the third one. I like that one. Yeah. It was just fun. I was just like, it was fun. Like, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. They were fun. But. I kind of laughed. All yeah. right. Oh, next I did too. But it was like, it was especially the way that, that, that the song played out at the time of the movie in the third one. That was, that was pretty, I was like, all right. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. All um, right. President Bartlett. Anyway. My first. All right. Cable is what's next. He's the latest mutant to get a Dawn of X solo title. By the they way, just, you don't have to read JJ Abrams anymore in any more movies. Let him just let him cook for a minute and get some other people, please. Thank you. Next up, <laughs> uh, like you said, yeah. So Cable's getting his own book, and as a matter of fact, in the solutions, we've come to find out they're they're expanding the X Men line um, a bit. And I know there's been some people who are like, you know, doesn't necessarily need it or whatever it gets me. And you know, going off of what Hickman said, which valid, but at the same time, you know, Hickman can have all his opinions of want, but if the heroes want to put some more books out there, they're gonna do it. Not saying that's the one way or another, but it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not surprised by this, put it this way. This is basically actually come March, it'll probably be like um, wave two of the Xbox, if I'm not mistaken. Because the first wave is, is the, the, what, the four books that are out now. Four, wait, it has four or five books now. So March will be wave two with this cable book. So mm-hmm. Jerry Duggan's doing the writing. Noda, oh, Phil Noda's doing the art. Okay, I'm going to have to check this out. I was about to say that's a good sign if Phil Noto's doing the art that's mm-hmm. definitely a good sign now whether he stays on it that would be the question um, 
Well, it depends. You know, if they give him if they give him a decent amount of lead time, that's a good thing. Right, because he's already uh, he had a good solid run on Black Widow for a while. Right, which that that series did not last that long. But but also, but he's also doing a Darth Vader book um, with uh, Charles Soule. So, not saying he couldn't do both, but I'm just saying, you know, right. whatever that and whatever else he's ends up doing. So, might be something. And office, and this also comes along with that um, that Wolverine book, which is I think comes out in February, according to this. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's announced in February. So the the second wave of Xboxes will be starting in February, with this capable coming out, and yeah. So cool. Next up, uh, X Men and the tops and excuse me, X Men and Top Secret, quote unquote, DC book lead twenty twenty free comic book day cold titles. So. No surprise. Hey, guess what? Free comic book day comes up every year. May. First Saturday in May, I believe. Yes, that is correct. And um, already there are some books that are lined up to come out from that. As a matter of fact, I will go ahead and take this. No, I won't because it has nothing to do with that one. I'm going to skip one, by the way, and just go ahead and get that one out of the way. Power Rangers earns a free comic book day uh, 2020 title, which earns is a weird word to use but anyway Boom Studios uh, today probably announced the Power Rangers 2020 Free Comic Book Day special a free special issue arriving in comic books on Free Comic Book Day duh which is May 2nd 2020 so and it looks like it's maybe centered around the Ranger Slayer which is aka Old Kimberly I guess you could say which if you haven't been keeping up with uh, that stuff including that first event you might be a little lost on that which you should read because it was a pretty good read. Anyway, now we can go back. Right. So Marvel and Funko are teaming up for a free comic book day 2020 exclusive mystery box. So, uh, you know, What's have fun with uh, getting that mystery box for Funko. I mean, hey, look, I, as a person who have bought uh, a good bought into a good bit of those Funko boxes, and this is not an ad for them, and because I'm no longer getting them in. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't an ad for them in the first place, but regardless. Uh, that was, those boxes were actually not bad. So I'm not sure what's in this box either. Um, but yeah. And actually, they're also talking about uh, Emma Frost. Uh, that doesn't look like a Funko. But is that going to be in it, sounds like? Or is it is coming alongside of it, I guess? Um, so yeah. that That's the thing that's happening. We don't know what's in the box. We don't know what's in the box. We don't know. We'll find out at some point. Marvel moves uh, New York City office to 6th Avenue skyscraper with a Trump connection. Dun, dun, dun. No, I was just going to say. There is that also. I mean, given that we know who's at the head of Marvel Entertainment, this is, there's probably no surprise there. But, um, according to Marvel representative of the company's previous office at a 135, uh, 135 West 50th Street were closed on Wednesday evening at the time of this uh, article, which was uh, on the 9th, uh, were closed to facilitate the move to his new offices on 1296 Avenue, which opened for business that Monday, the next Monday. So basically it's like a block over. Uh, and... Yeah, they, this article kind of goes into the making of those bids and gets into the connection uh, to Trump, which is apparently um, 
Trump's organization who shouldn't be owning anything because it's the president owns about 30% stake in the building as of mm-hmm. 2016. So I would say it's a good thing the impeachment hearings are going on, but I got a feeling something might not come across, come the way we want it to. Anyway, that's the thing, folks. Moving right along. Next up, uh, with that new uh, miniature Marvel game called Marvel Crisis Protocol, um, there is a new character breakdown for uh, Captain Marvel. So if you're interested in this game, please look this up. Agent 70, you know you want this. Uh, look at it. Not right away, but we'll, we, you never know. I bet you if they had a Thor figure, you'd be out. No, I'm just kidding. They probably will have all the basic Avengers. They, so. actually, they may have already have a, a Thor figure already out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, I've seen some things over the game. I'm not a big, well, miniatures thing person myself. But I'm like, yeah, the game looks all right. Oh, that's cool. Diamond Select Toys and Stores Now, in-game, Bruce Lee, Batman Returns, and more. So there's a Bruce Lee figure that's out there um, in the classic yellow suit. There's a Wonder Woman with sword. There's a Batman, whatever that thing is. Um, Vinny Mates, uh, with him and Catwoman looks like from yeah, it's from Batman Returns. There's a Green Goblin that actually doesn't look terribly bad. Um, there's Rescue from Endgame. There's Cat with the Shield. Oh, here we go, another figure for um, for Edge of Seventy. It's Cat with the uh, hammer. Oh, it's worthy. It's worthy Cap. Yep. that's pretty. Cool. Worthy Cap is Captain Marvel from the movie. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, although I already have my worthy cap in Marvel Legends form, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be fifty bucks, and he's holding <laughs> it up. It's funny. Uh, um, let's see, and they also have a wow, it's one hundred fifty bucks for this um Captain Marvel. That's that's a lot. It's steep, but it's a statue. It is a statue, yes. And the rescue is going to be fifty bucks, also, and the Green Goblin's also fifty, and the other stuff's going to be whatever prices there are. So yeah, totally that's everything. Not- like stuff, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. The wait, how much is that, Bruce Lee? Because that's actually not bad. Um, uh, fifty bucks. Yeah. So most of the stuff on here, with the exception of that, uh, with the exception of that, and the uh, the, the Wonder Woman, and the the the, the uh, Batman stuff is fifty bucks. Next. All right, uh, Mezco unleashes the KG Beast for the one twelfth uh, collective. So it's actually a pretty cool looking figure. Um, it's complete with three head portraits, including an unmasked Anatoly Nyazev. Nyazev, I think it is. Yeah, Nyazev. Yeah, this is a sculpt. So that's cool. You can see everything that comes with it if you're watching the video. There you go. This is, is that how he's classically looked? Yes. Okay. I don't, you know, I have heard that name and I think it's stupid because DC's got crazy names, but I also know he's come up recently in the Batman. He's been around for a while, though. Right. Yeah, that I knew, but, you know. Um, you can buy Dark Side Rays Switchblade lightsaber for a cool $1,600. When you, according to what the according to the byline of this article, for when you absolutely positively would need the weirdest lightsaber possible, it's not the weirdest lightsaber possible um, by far. It is a switchblade one, but that's not. I mean, some would argue that the the crossblade one's a little bit weirder. But regardless, yeah. hey, that's a 
thing you can buy. I don't think you can actually cut people with it, but that's a lot. That's a lot for a toy. Yeah, um, I mean it's good looking. Don't get me wrong, but that's a lot. Anyway, so yeah, that's the thing. It's yours if for if you got that kind of money. If you got that kind of money, give it to Comic Book Chronicles, please. Thank you. <laughs> um. Next up, um, Archie Comics' characters are joining Super 7's reaction figures line. So good for them. It's good to see them in plastic. Finally. I get, actually, not finally. I don't think I've, ever, I've honestly never seen Archie characters in action figure form. Have you? I feel like there's been some in the deep, deep past, but definitely not like within our span i don't I mean, I've, been to, I've been to retro i've been to retro toy stores i've never seen an archie figure anywhere right i feel like i feel like there probably is but i don't i don't know that offhand myself so this could very well be some something new like, I, I feel like i've at least seen an archie style. i feel like i've seen an archie that's a little bit bigger than this but i was about to say i definitely dig the retro styling yeah truly so that's kind of cool um yeah, the classic versions of some would say the classic versions of uh, those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Archie, Archie Andrews's pure heart identity revealed because you know DC can't be the only ones doing it or other places uh, revealed, and that's me editorializing in Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number three oh five. So basically, um, it sounds like the um, if you are familiar with. The, the Crusaders from the Archie Comics line. Um, Archie goes to meet up with them. Excuse me. Um, basically has a crossover with them, sounds like, and they're going to be back again. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and he reveals his identity to, I guess, the head of the, the, the new challengers or something. Which... Uh, wow. There's a preview pages here, but you know, we won't get into that because you just saw it flashing. Next. Next up, um, as we move into the home stretch, ladies and gentlemen, um, the Dark Multiverse proves that, spoiler alert, Terra is the most dangerous Teen Titan. So basically, this was a one-shot um, from, uh, I believe it was last week, mm-hmm. that uh, um, it was uh, related to this Dark Multiverse stuff that explored. It was kind of a what-if and explored um, what if uh, one thing happened one thing different happened during um the judas contract and uh tara's uh betrayal played out differently and she basically like took over the entire world and destroyed almost everything in it right and just like the ones previously that those pretty much like you said there are one ifs so uh crisis tie-in comic brings an unusual silver age hero into the arrowverse and that is bebo bebo the super monkey. I don't know who that is. I thought Beppo. Yeah, it might be Beppo. Oh, okay. Book it to Beppo. Um, Beppo, the super monkey. Still don't know who that is, so it doesn't really matter. But regardless, written by Marv, uh, Marv Wolfman and Mark Guggenheim with artist uh, Tom Grummet, Danny Mickey, Chris Sotomayor, and Wes Abbott. The council's short story finds Lex Luthor's, Lex Luthor's of the multiverse assembling in, in an effort to stop the animator wave. And maybe take over the world while they're at it. So in response, uh, a legion of supermen and women have gathered to stop them from taking advantage of the crisis. Beppo among them. Okay. 
All right. Um, next up, Wonder Woman and The Flash. Both titles of DC Comics' books return to legacy numbering in 2020, starting with number 750. So they're choosing that big round anniversary number to go back to legacy numbering. Finally, I guess. Which The Works. Flash just did his 750 year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm, not sure. I thought it was coming up. Oh, no. So, so February 26th also sees the release of yeah. the Flash 750. Okay. So follow with Sue's. Okay. So, yeah. So that one hadn't hadn't started yet. I thought I, was, I knew I've seen stuff on it. I just wasn't sure if it had come out yet. So, okay. So, yeah. Cool. Legacy number. Let's let's keep doing that. Uh, first look, Strange Adventures number one, Data Beams this March. is basically a preview for that Strange Adventures book with... Um, um, a little bit uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerards. So if you're if you're missing that team up, <laughs> um, yeah, go. You can check out the preview pages here. Also, uh, Doc Shaner is also doing some art. I enjoy his stuff. So cool. Next. Alrighty, next up, the jo- uh, the Joker horns in on Batman Dylan Dog crossover in number zero preview. So there's going to be a Dylan Dog Batman number zero. Um, and good lord, is released by Italian publisher Sergio Benelli Editor, which is my rea- you know my reaction to who Dylan Dog was. Uh, or you could say who yeah exactly so you know apparently this is the first in a planned five-part series by dc and sbe sergio bonelli editor yes so i don't know there are are probably people out there who know who dylan dog is we are not that first and i think that's that that's probably not even an english um matter of fact it says here yeah yeah it's italian so there you go. But I think Dylan Dog may have been translated into English previously. I'm not sure. Regardless, hey, that's the thing that's happening. Curse of the White Knight finally exposes the dark truth of the Waynes. I meant to read that last issue. This is a spoiler for the last issue. Uh, uh, issue number five, which has already, which I think came out last week, and I meant to read it, and I totally did not. But apparently, uh, no surprise, the Waynes been in some dirt in the past. <laughs> Hmm. I'm probably oversimplifying it because again, I had I hadn't had a chance to read it yet. But apparently, this, uh, that issue gets into it, which was the whole crux of, kind of the whole crux of this uh, um, arc. Oh, I don't want to say arc. This miniseries, which is the second one. Um. So yeah, and Asriel came back into the fold, and you know this was pretty much all set out by the Joker and that kind of stuff. Again, you know, I I have been enjoying it, just had not caught up with it. Next up. Next up, uh, Darkseid creates the next generation of new gods in 2020. So this is from March Solicits. Mm-hmm. And um, in several, well, I guess in, in title schedule to go on sale March twenty uh, March 2020, including Justice League Odyssey number 19. Um, and I guess they're going to be um dealing with this new gods uh issue with uh jessica cruz actually being resurrected um you know i guess uh you know that character is back i didn't even know she was dead yeah so well we talked about this in uh uh, in the past because apparently she yeah she i thought she came back by now though so she basically died and came back with the power of or was going to 
come back with the power of dark side. Um, and I haven't been keeping up with Odyssey, so I'm not sure if that if that is if that has happened yet or in in the midst of. So yeah, uh, and apparently 19, which is coming up in March, I guess. Um, yeah, we, we'll see. Yeah, I think she's back by now. Actually, now that I think about it, she's back by now and has Dark Side's power. Um, and it's going off from there. I've been meaning to catch up on Odyssey just to see what's going on in that one, along with a couple other books on that line, but just haven't. So yeah, sounds like there's going to be some some new guys and maybe partially the team because I believe there might have been a shakeup of the team uh, in relation to Jessica's death. So I don't know. We'll oh. see. Next up. Uh, Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney to launch new ongoing comic book series Firepower this May. And this looks like from this, um, this like this dude's doing a Hadouken or, a, or a, um, not a Hadouken. Uh, uh, well, it could be a Hadouken. It could be a Kamehameha wave. We don't know. But that's what it looks like he's doing on this cover. So the New York Times bestselling Eisner Award winning comic titans Robert Kirkman is teaming up with Eisner Award winning artist Chris Samney. Uh, Eisner Award winning colorist Matt Wilson and letterer Wes Wooten uh, to bring fans an all new full color action packed ongoing series of Firepower which uh, launches in May from Image Skybound in May 2020 and he says getting to create a whole new world with his own mythology and rules is always the highlight of my life getting to do that with Chris Samney is definitely a high water mark in this dusty old career of mine says Kirkman with a massive cast of characters populating the sprawling globe spanning epic Chris has provided has proven more than adept in handling anything I've thrown at him in the time that we've been tolling away on this series Kung Fu Fireballs Chris Samney Crazy Action Chris Samney Chris Samney <laughs> what, more right. you, what more could I say to get you excited about this book he's kind of got a point okay um, actually it really kind of seems like Fire Force but I don't know you know I, I don't know that for sure there's preview pages and and kind of going into what the book is about below uh next up uh after successful debuts this fall vault comics has announced that three of its new series will be renewed for exciting new story arcs in 2020 sarah and the royal stars will begin its second arc in february with issue number six the epic fantasy series written by john sway of uh, run love kill drawn by audrey mock uh, from Archie, colored by Raul Angulo bu- from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and lettered by Jim Campbell, Wasted Space, and designed by, Jesus, Tim Daniels, <laughs> will see its first arc collected in a trade paperback edition in January 2020. Um, right, and uh, Money Shot, The Plot, and Sarah are getting renewed for 2020. Mm-hmm. Which I know we kind of talked about Money Shot at one point when it came out. Right. But, you know, so. That's the one with Sarah Beatty, right? Correct. All right. Um, next up, uh, Dynamite, uh, Dynamite announces launch of new prose imprint, Dynamite Books. The new line will begin with Nancy A. Collins on Vampirella. And I believe, um, yes, there is a Shaft book that is also coming. Is David F. Walker doing it? Oh, wait. Uh, as for Shaft, the original novel, Dynamite returned it to print uh, in 2016 now actor Will Dixon will star in the audiobook so I think I want to say this is the uh, David F. Walker I might not be wrong I might not be right about that this is the David F. Walker book that they're doing into an audiobook 
not sure it doesn't quite say here but regardless um Flatten said to include new audiobooks from previously published novels, beginning with the original Shaft novel by Ernest Tidyman, um, Seal Team Six, No More, a series, and future novels on the list will include more vampy and more particularly, you know, so basically they got stuff going on. Uh, okay. Yeah. So there's going to be a book and audiobook forms of some, some of Dynamite's uh, uh, properties. Uh, Valiant's Exo Man of War relaunches in 2020 as a fresh start to the character. Which I meant to ask Tim did he did respond to that tweet um, that that was out there. Anyway, Valiant Entertainment is relaunches its flagship Exo Man of War title with its incoming writer Dennis Hopeless, Hallam, uh, and the artist Emilio Leso. Leso, first reported by Heat Vision, the new series will be a fresh start, quote unquote, for the character. Um, so. Yeah, we we don't know that we're not that versed in Valiant stuff around here, although we have had people in the past to read some stuff. Maybe we'll jump on. Who knows? We'll see. Next. All right, next up, Judge Dredd is uh, going to debut in a new series in March called Judge Dredd False Witness by writer Brendan Easton and artist Kelzama. And um, it's going to be a science fiction social commentary on the world. So, so it's Judge Dredd, basically. <laughs> So it's just dread, basically. Right, exactly. So it's going to go down a story, down the road of a story about immigration protests and human trafficking in Mega City One. Interesting. I am the law. <laughs> Which one are you quoting? Uh, uh, Carl Urban one. or I actually, I still haven't seen that one. The Stallone one. I hadn't seen the Carl Urban one. I, I haven't it was seen right. Um, so versatile dude who knows uh transformers versus terminator because you they can't stop at the crossovers in 2020 event i'm actually slightly intrigued by this uh the hollywood reporter has broken the news that two 80s era robot franchises um i mean technically terminator anyway um whatever uh franchises are colliding in 2020 transformers and the terminator in comic books uh, in partnership between IDW Publishing and Dark Horse Comics, who have the comic book rights to their respective franchises, Transformers versus the Terminator is framed as revisiting, quote-unquote, the concepts of alien invasion and time-traveling resistance fighters, but twists them in an unsuspected ways. Uh, the four-issue series will be written by writers David Marriott, John Barber, Tom Walt, and drawn by Alex Million. So Tom Barber, Tom Barber, not surprised because he's been doing the, the well, he was doing Transformers. I think he might be doing, well, he was doing the Transformers book in the last iteration. Somebody else is doing it now because he got a new um, new position with uh, IDW, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess he's still out there writing stuff here and there. So cool. Um, th this is coming out in March. So look out for that. Next. All right, next up, Denton Tipton has been promoted to managing editor of IDW Publishing. In this role, Tipton will oversee the daily operations of the company's editorial department. Congrats. Um, the Far Side is officially online for the first time with new comics to come. So if you are of a certain vintage, actually, well, yeah, because I think they've been reprinting those in the, the newspaper, but who needs reads newspaper nowadays? Um, 
Yeah, kind of comic strip. Farside launches a official website. Um, well, basically on the seventeenth, but it's it's already out there. It's the time of this recording, uh, which debuted with a selection of classic cartoons, doodles from creator Gary Larson's sketchbooks, and a letter from the cartoonist himself. Despite this trip's uh, cultural ubiquity in the form of books, calendars, and posters, the official website marks the first time the comics will have ever been authorized to be online. Uh, the market's 40th anniversary of the strip, which is syndicated from 1980 to 1995. Farside.com will periodically post new comics from Larson in 2020. So fans of the Farside rejoice, not the rap group. I was about to say, she keeps on passing <laughs> me by. Trust me, if you weren't going to catch that one, I was too. So, uh, so yeah, so you were on it. Um, uh, next up. Next up, Garzilla. A new graphic novel is being released by Boom Studios for everyone's favorite orange cat, Garfield. Garfield Garzilla will tell three brand new stories for the cat that taught us all to hate Mondays and love lasagna. The below synopsis is for one of the stories created by Antonio Faro and Scott Nichol. Woo. Cool. Indeed. And I don't have my Garzilla handy, so you're lucky. So I do. Although Garfield would, you know, wouldn't be that. Exactly. It wouldn't yeah. be like that. So, yeah. So, new Garfield material. I'm pausing ecstatic, I'm sure. Um, Jonathan Hickman bringing manners to assassination business with images decorum. So, Hickman, not um, not stopping with uh, the X corner of the universe is doing his own thing. Writer Jonathan Hickman and artist Mike Huddleston are launching a new creator-owned series this March titled Decorum, uh, scheduled to be to be debut March 11th. Decorum is, is Hickman's first new creator-owned work since revamping Marvel's X-Line and teams have up with Huddleston, who created uh, variants for every issue of House of X, basically Hox Pox. Um, so there are, are many assassinations in the known universe. This is the story of a well-known, well-mannered one. Excuse me, assassins. Reads the image's description of uh, issue number one. Manners are a sensitive awareness of the feelings of others. Others, if you have that awareness, you have good manners, no matter what knife you use. Interesting. Yeah, actually, kinda. Sure, we'll see what comes of that. <clears throat> and last but not least, last but not least, in the realm of this fiction, turn fact, turn fiction. Uh, this is some stupid stuff. Someone in the United States State Department decided to add Wakanda, the fictional high-tech African kingdom from the Marvel Universe. Stop saying it's the Marvel Black Panther movie, you morons. It's from the Marvel Universe. Well, yeah, you know, it's boing boing, so you gotta... I know. You know because, they, because someone added that to an official list of United States trade partners... Um, yeah, fictional can't trade uh, with uh, fictional countries, people. So you got to think, or, that... or is it fictional and leave it on there? Ah, <laughs> that's what I say. Leave it on there. Maybe you gotta wonder fiction. if somebody was just trolling and was like, "Yo, I wonder if some idiot is gonna finally figure out that there's a fake country on this." Or somebody, somebody was like, "Hey, you know, there's a little, um, lot of talk about this country. They were around a water cooler. Hey, there's a lot of talk about this country, Wakanda. That's this up and coming." <laughs> they should be out there and they somebody just would unreal it's actually spotted by someone who's looking to apply for uh 
uh, for a fellowship and needed some information, doing some research. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, if you if, let me know if Wakanda is real, I will try to find a way to get over there. That's all I'm saying. But um, the, yeah. So I so you would need those coordinates to fly through the barrier. That's yeah, the thing. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Or yeah, no, yeah, that's that's not true. But hey, enough people have gotten in there without it to sadly to, you know, I'm sure there's a way. Um. But yeah, I saw this article and I was like, that sounds like almost sounds like an onion article, but yet there was enough places that picked it up outside of this the uh, boing boing. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, clearly this actually happened. It was funny when I saw it though. Anyway, we have come to the end of the show and we get one last ad to read, please, sir. And you know what we read when we're in a hurry? Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or graphic novels. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I normally put up uh, uh, the 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 website uh, to go along with the ad read, but I don't do Amazon's because it would show my Amazon page. <laughs> That's okay. And I don't feel like logging out. So, with that, we come to the end of another exciting episode of this here Comic Book Chronicles. Thank you, uh, each and every one of you, for, for chilling with us tonight. We will be back next week at our regular time on Thursday nights, 9.30ish p.m. Yeah, after Christmas, so um, hopefully everyone has a Merry Christmas. That is true. Yeah, I guess we are going to do this show since that's the case. I think so. It's yeah. going to be, we're going to fall on what, the 27th or the 26th? Yeah, the twenty sixth is, is the is is uh, next Thursday. So yeah, we'll, so we'll be out of the way of Christmas. But yeah, like I just seventy said, have a have a merry Christmas. Uh, in the meantime, I am Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News on Sneed on Twitter and CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. Hopefully, we will both be doing some updates on, well, me specifically, but I know he's been do- updating his uh, Instagram fairly regularly um, on CB Caps. Anyway, I need to do some stuff. Uh, PC underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and the sites therein. Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter. That is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. Theclicknation.com uh, and of course Theclicknation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. And also Comic Book Resources, where he was over there writing his face off. Give that man some clicks and some love. He's doing some good stuff over there. Uh, been branching out too lately. I'm proud of him again, you know, because he's been doing, he's been. Um, Wearing a couple of other hats on that site. So, cool. Uh, you can also find this here program on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find this podcast at and subscribe to at Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, the, and also the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Again, we'll be back back next weekend. Have a lovely holiday if you celebrate and don't get into much trouble. If you have a day off, don't get into trouble. Just rest and relax and relate and release and all the way. We'll be back. Uh, This has been the Cumber Crocodiles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together.
you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue, you mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? <laughs> 